Pilot TV podcast this week, we're going Wiccan with the next slice of Anne Rice's immortal universe in the Mayfair Witches on BBC One, having a no-strings-attached fling in Smothered on Sky Comedy, and train-spotting with ghosts in Platform 7 on ITV. Plus, off the back of our recent Gen V spoiler special on Pilot Plus, we speak to the breakout star of that show, Lizzie Broadway. I'm James Dyer, and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, your essential guide to every show that matters. And a podcast that cannot emphasize enough how much it has all kicked off on the Pilot TV subreddit this week. Now, this is going to be exciting. I mean, it won't be news to you two, Boyd and Kay, who are with me, because, of course, being massive Reddit heads, you were on there all the time, so you'll know all about this. But let me tell you what's happened, guys. On Wednesday, I woke up to find that the Pilot TV subreddit had been fucking banned by Reddit. It's been shut down by the man, by the deep state. They've been silencing us uh, for spamming, apparently. Spamming what? What? Exactly. So we don't know. We don't know why it's been shut down. We don't know. They said no. spam, but they've given no explanation. Do you know what's happened? What? Chris Hewitt. You think it's Chris? Empire. He's done it. Yes. It's Chris. He's Chris tried, is the deep state. He's trying to bring us maybe, down. Yeah, maybe. It could be. Because a few of those pe- people have sent, you know that thing where you, we find out what your most listened to podcast Yes. And people are sending us things. That is true. And Pilot and is top Pilot of the list. Pilot beat Empire. In a, in <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm them. saying. So I yeah. think he's, he's bitter. You think it is? It's revenge. Mm. So ironically, I will be talking to Chris about this on the Empire podcast, which we're recording after this, but it will go out before this on Friday. So this will be a weird conversation for people who listen to both podcasts. But uh, but but that's not all that's happened. So so it got shut for for spam. The only thing we can think of is you remember we had the discussion last week about great adverts. Remember, like oh, yeah. great, like truly great yeah. adverts. People had put links, lots of links to YouTube uh, videos of those adverts right. in the subreddit. Right, and maybe they thought that was spam. Or maybe someone was having a discussion about tin spam. It was just like a long... I think it's more likely to be that. Does it really? No. No, it is the advert thing. Slightly torturous. But do you know what? Do you know what? it was torturous. That's not all. What? Because not only did the Pilot TV pod subreddit get shut down, but I seem to have been fucking suspended from Reddit for reasons I don't fully understand. Because, and this is absolutely true, as I like to say, all of my posts on the Empire podcast subreddit have been deleted. And every time I post a new post on the Empire subreddit, it is automatically deleted as soon as I submit it. And I don't know who, why. Who runs this fucking Reddit bullshit? Well, so I spoke to the only other on because I'm a moderator on there. I spoke to the only other, and he has no idea what's going on. And so people have gone to Reddit and said, like, why is this group been shut down? And also, why is James being silenced? Free James, free him, let him speak. You know uh, what's happened? They've listened to one one or more of your really long monologues. <laughs> Do you think about, that's what it is? About <laughs> they heard the Taylor Swift sci-fi. thing and they were like, fuck this, yeah. get rid of him. Yeah. Do you think it's ITV? Do you think they're behind it? I mean, it could I wouldn't be ITV. Blame your them, disrespect. To be fair. <laughs> yeah. Finally. The head of ITV, yeah. who secretly has an in yeah. with Reddit. Kev Ligo. Yeah. 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 Is it Kev Ligo? I'm going to ask him. I'm going to find out. Yeah. James under attack. Oh, I do. I feel I feel like I've been I've been I've been muzzled. They won't let me speak my truth, Kay. This is ridiculous. Right, okay, we need to get to the bottom Does of it. Does this happen the kind of thing happen? I because I, I I the only time I ever look at anything Reddit is if I Google something and it takes you and it gives you a Reddit link. I'll yeah. go, okay. And then I find it very confusing, the whole thing. <laughs> so is this like normal for Reddit? So, like so this is the thing. And it's, it's all like like flame wars. And I don't stuff. know. Oh, you, you don't, I don't because I, I, you're a Reddit. Well, so no, I use you know Reddit everything. a lot, but I read it. I don't post on it really very often. Right. So I, so all this is news to me. Like, I don't know what's happened. I don't know what my... Re- so no one... So I've had no emails. No no one told me any of this is happening. I've just found this stuff out. So That's I weird. don't know what's How happening. How many people are in our Reddit? Well, I don't know, whatever you call I, it. Well, I can't tell now because it's been shut down. But, but I, like, there are about 800 in the Empire one. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think there were, there were less in the pilot one. But I uh, I don't know. I don't know how many. But they have all been silenced. Whereas on Empire, it's just me it's that's been silenced. It's definitely Chris. Chris is definitely... Chris is in cahoots with the head of ITV. This has got Hewitt written mm. all over it. I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. To say the he least. couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle that in that. Was it the Raps list or whatever they called? Um, <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Spotify Rap list has been very entertaining. Yeah. The amount of people who've been like, but I've spent like five hundred and seventeen thousand hours with James Dyer. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, it's true. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else Boys to say. can fuzzle. That's it. Boys oh, yeah. can fuzzle. But, I mean, you know what? Also, it's really hot in here. It is. And now I'm wearing a jumper. It's very toasty. And it's re- and it's like, well, I'm glad you've mentioned your jumper, Boydy, because this is the jumper, isn't it? This is <laughs> this the is, jumper. Yeah. This is I the, enjoy this jumper. Yeah. This is the jumper that you, if I'm right in saying, you bought on this podcast, That's didn't right. you? Yes. While I was you were, talking. While yeah. Kay was talking, mm-hmm. you were yeah. in a queue to try and buy this Correct. limited edition Supreme jumper. Correct. And usually, you know, I'm outraged mm. when you don't pay me enough attention. Yeah. But on this occasion, yeah, because the jumper is fantastic. But the jumper, the jumper isn't the pièce de résistance, I would say, Uh, because Boydie on the back of his chair has what can only be described as a limited edition Supreme North Face crossover 1994 retro Nazi puffer jacket, and I'm here for it. It's a crossover with a traffic cone. It's powder orange. Yes, and it's in a beautiful orange. Yeah. Yeah, I bought this when it actually came out, in the week it came out, um, and it cost, it only cost, you said, because I bumped into you on the way in, and you said, oh, how much does that cost? It only cost like 300 quid. Which is what Nupsy jackets cost generally. It only costs 300 pounds, guys. if it was new now, if I was selling it now, it would be worth about two grand. Because they are very often rare. Now, do you think... Mm -hmm. If we killed Boyd <laughs> yeah. and took his jacket, mm-hmm. could we get away with it? Well, you saying it on here, mm. now we can't. Right. No. So yeah. you think I'm not... If you hadn't... So not plus, not a great criminal you'd have to mastermind. Lie on, you know, you'd be one of those people, annoying people on, um, uh, what's it called, uh, when you buy and sell things, <laughs> you know. eBay? eBay. eBay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You'd be one of those annoying people on eBay who lies about whether something's brand new or not. And because it's yeah, this is too worn. Is it? I no, clean, no, but actually. but the thing is, it would be it would be it I would be a limited exactly a oh, limited edition North Face jacket oh. worn by wow. the late great TV's Boy yeah. Hilton. Oh, I see. And in fact, mm. you know what we should do? We should snap him in it now, so yeah. we could put that accompanying picture. And it would be like an in memoriam. So yeah, so it's like sale. authenticated by the picture. Well, I'm really glad you're planning my death in <laughs> yeah. so much detail. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, Boydy, like you know, the jacket's worth a lot old. of money. You oh, know. oh, right, yeah. It's, like, also, it's a year's it salary for me and Kate. Also, James, this is just like one of his many jackets. <laughs> it is true. Because what we do is we get the keys and we go to the house, TV off the wall. I mean, yes. there's lots of opportunity here. That's true. I, I think this is actually probably. Again, it's all uh, with the caveat that if it was new and in perfect condition, this would mm. be the most valuable item. No, really? But didn't you have like, a Wait. Louis Vuitton one at one no, point? No, he that. sold that. I oh, okay. and sold it in very, very quick time. He had a lovely autumnal, <laughs> autumnal one, which he got rid of, That's which I'm same, curious about. You know about. what? That was the same week as this came out. They came out the same week and I got both. And you, you, the autumnal one, which is leaves, is kind of like... Very, I've seen that one. Yeah. I've seen it. I liked it. Kate called it flamboyant once. It's a bit camo. It's camo more than that. It's got a, t- a whiff of TA about it's it. It's flambo, but... according to... I said it was flambo. It's flambo. Yeah, I said it was flambo. And then he... And he took that to be an insult. I meant it as a compliment and then he's never worn it since. I'm furious. I mean, I've worn it a couple of times since. But now, yeah. The, Not the, 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 this, the orange, The orange one, this orange one doesn't come out very often. It's, it's, it's really? Because this is my last podcast before I go to New York although I'm still doing it in New York. Well, you'll be taking that to New York, won't you? I think I will be taking it to yeah. New York, yeah. And it's also freezing cold. Have I told you the story of the, of the, the worst supreme purchase slash Ooh. Um, No, I'm excited. Buckle up, the, kids. I'm excited too. I completely too. fucked up. This oh, thing. tell me. I'm, if I'm not... I can't, Right, this is absolutely 100% true, right? Yeah, I fucked this thing up, right? So 
back in the day, this when I bought before, so this was like probably two or three years before this jacket. We're talking probably fifteen, maybe fifteen years ago. And I was aware, already there was no you, there was no Supreme store in London like there is now. Right. So you, to get Supreme, there were a couple of outlets um, in London where you could buy Supreme stuff. It wasn't it just wasn't such a big thing. So like properly addicted people like me and a few others would go to this shop. Right. In fact, literally two minutes from we are mm-hmm. just off Golden Square, mm. and um, there was this item which was a North Face. One of their earliest North Face collabs was this um, kind of quite long, big winter jacket with a New York um, kind of picture on it. Mm. Beautiful kind of New York That is thing. you all over. It was really nice. And um, and I was like, oh, Supreme North, this is exciting. And this thing, I bought it and it was, you know, and it was amazing. Uh, I think it came out kind of like in the spring, summer, whatever. And I, <laughs> I, I wore it like a couple of times, but mm. not enough times. And I kept the tag on it because I was thinking, you know, I'll keep the tag. I never, I, I've kind of never really bothered to take it off. I wasn't really, at that point, you're not even you thinking about reselling so, things or anything. It wasn't, the reselling market, I don't think really existed particularly. It was, it was proper, you know, before all that really. Yeah. Anyway, this, inc- this really lovely jacket, I only wore it a couple of times and then it kind of looked a bit weird on me when I did wear it. The fit was a bit odd. Yeah. You know, when I think you get something, you know, it oh doesn't look God. quite right. So it's not I, legit. I, I I gave it to the local charity shop after about, no! after having what? it. Then, yeah, so it, it cost about like um, 250, 300 quid. You're a maniac. Dropping the ocean for boys. So because it, it just didn't fit me. It looked weird. It just looked weird. Sure. And you didn't me. turn to any of your friends. I, did, I At the time, it was like, you know, I, I'm giving to a He's a kindly so, benefactor, actually. Yeah. yeah. I, I my, but bear in mind, my mum was manager of a charity shop at the time. Oh, fine. Right. So that's partly why. And then literally within the last couple of years, it's become one of the most sought after <laughs> items in the history of Supreme. It's now worth, <laughs> apparently, last time I looked, oh, no. 15 to 20,000 pounds. <laughs> that will teach you to be charitable. Right, can I just say, whoever it was who went into the local Dr. Bernardo yeah. and walked out with yeah. that as he's cancer minted. Research. Cancer research. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. That was my mum's oh my my one. And, yeah. And I, it still gives me nightmares to this day. <laughs> I have nightmares. I have nightmares about it sometimes where I dream that it's on my home and it's like, oh, there it is. And Because every time they do a North Face collab anyway, which they're still doing, one came out today, in fact. The new North Face literally came out you today. You can get it. No, because I don't like any of the stuff. Okay. Yeah, anyway, they, but they do retrospectives and they, and they show previous ones and they always show oh, a picture no. of this. Just it's to troll you. you. Just to yeah. troll me. No, that is Honestly, amazing. 15 to 20 grand. Well, listen, let's just focus on the, this one, which is like, Listeners, it's bright orange. Very bright. Colour of a traffic cone. (laughs) And Boyd looks very... he looks very suave in it. He it's does. Mm. He does. So to recap, anyone listening to this, if you happen to stroll into a cancer research shop and walk out with a particularly dapper jacket, mm. was it 10, 15 years ago? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. You owe us a drink at the yeah, very good least. Point. You good owe point. Boyd I've a never, drink. Sure, I've never even thought of that to track down whoever might have taken yeah. got it. Yeah, yeah but find what are you out. Do? You know, can't take the coat. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't have it back. back. <laughs> yeah. Rip but it anyway, back. Yeah. if you are that person, please write in and troll Boyd because yeah, I'd really yeah. enjoy it. Uh, and if you, I don't know, happen to work for Reddit, please get in touch and sort my problem out. That would be excellent. Yeah. I reckon my, I reckon probably just like some lovely seventy-year-old. Yeah, of course, looking snazzy. Nice. Yeah, I'll get that for like five quid or whatever. While we're wrapping up our business, can we have an agreement that? If you shrink that jumper in the wash, I can have it. It's not going to shrink in the wash. Well, you don't know that. Come on. (laughs) Uh, Yes, if I shrink it in the wash, you can definitely (laughs) have it. I love it. Oh, God. Right, we should probably start this podcast at some point, shouldn't we? Uh, Right, what have we been watching this week? I'm going to start with Kay. So, I have watched Welcome to Wrexham Season 2. So, we previewed the first episode and then I slowed down because, you know, obviously... We know how it ends. 
Yeah, we know how it ends, but that doesn't <laughs> do. that does not ruin it for me. And I have to say, I watched it um, last weekend, all of it, and it is brilliant. It's so so good. It's an emotional roller coaster. I mean, obviously, the joys of seeing what happens at the end. But, yeah. Does and, does does it does it one up having his Madge on there? That that is season. Yeah, but that's right? the beginning. So the first yes. episode has his match. Oh, I assume he's not a recurring oh, yeah. character. It, it totally, totally does, yeah. Um, I just think it's better than the first season. I love it because you get to know, like, do you know what? Rob and Ryan are brilliant, but it's not even, like, they're just a, a bonus item on this on this cake because it's like, it's all about the players and the locals and getting to know them more and, um, you know, going through the highs and lows with them. It focuses on the Wrexham women's team and the success they have. Um, and But it's really emotional. Like, there's all joyful moments, but honestly, there were bits where I was just sobbing through it. Particularly one episode which is featured, um, they talked a lot about um, players' dads and like uh, Ryan Reynolds talked about his dad, yada yada. Ollie Palmer has this conversation with his dad, and I just found it so moving. But yeah, just obsessed with it now. So I can't wait. I'm happy that they've commissioned season three. So that's one thing I've been watching. The other thing was, oh, I um, I down, I bought Better Things. You know, yes. <laughs> Pamela Adlin's. Yes. Even though I've watched it twice, I was like, I just needed to watch it again. So um, watch rewatch season one. Even though I've got new things to watch that you would tell me off for not watching. Bought it where? Like on DVD or something? No, on Prime. I couldn't find oh, it anywhere. Huh. Yeah. Okay. And, I think you've gone really old school that. <laughs> and then I also went to a screening of. The Castaways. Uh, Boyd and I went to a taster screening, they call it, at Selfridges. Very swanky. Had delicious food, which they served us on trays and a plentiful supply of alcohol because it's crucial scenes are set on a plane. And so they served it as if we were on a plane, which was um, fun. Were you in economy? No, we were definitely not. We were first class. The food are we that they were serving. The, the story of this is hilarious. Look, you've got to tell the story. See, um, please know I didn't bring it up, and that's important. Yeah. Yes, that is important. <laughs> I, 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 it's my fault. I'm going to. I'm going to Go on, Boydie. Okay, let's so, hear it. So, Make yeah, this was one of those. There's a word for food based taster, screening. taster screenings mm-hmm. where, you know, have you been to any of the. Uh, did, I've did never I been to an incredibly week? pretentious, privileged taster screening. Oh, no. I've talked about it on Plus. Is that, uh, uh, I don't know that you have talked about it. Like Hannibal. There was one for Hannibal. Yeah, there was one for Hannibal. I remember you've mentioned that one. Yeah. Maybe I just mentioned it in life, like yeah. in, in just in passing. Gosh, you know, so many yeah, platforms. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just starting to talk about Arsenal now, like stuff I, stuff I said in my Arsenal podcast. Um, anyway. In a delirium. So that, it was in Selfridges Cinema. Mm-hmm. They fed us, load, fed us loads of drinks, like, first. Then we're ushered into the cinema. And, it, and so they are going to serve food as this show, as this TV drama was unfolding in the screen um, ahead of in front of us, right? Which is what they did the Hannibal. When I did the, did the Hannibal, I think that it was it felt like the lights were on much more, and you could it was like it, it was like completely dark cinema apart from little tiny little lights on on next to us on these in these seats. And then and they deliver the food in three courses and drink lots of copious amounts of like champagne and stuff and champagne cocktails. It was extraordinary. But of course, before we before when we agreed to go, when we were invited, those of us who, who kind of lucky enough to be invited to the screening. Were asked about dietary requirements because obviously it's all food based. So and you big... were like caviar only, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was and like, your no, finest no. champagne. I, I thought I'll go veggie because you know, in case they, it's like beef or something like that, I won't want that. But even though I do eat chicken and fish, um, so I opted for the veggie option and um, then never thought twice about it, never thought anything more about it. The other thing was, I should say, is we went to the screening, which was in the afternoon, late afternoon, and then immediately afterwards, I had the vigil screening at the BFI. So I knew was the what... vigil screening on a plane, sadly not, although. 
No, and there's no, no, there's no, there's no planes. There's drones, but there's no planes. Okay. Um, anyway, what? So I had, to, I had a race against time. Anyway, I was on kind of on edge because I, I knew I had to get from that screening to the visual screening quite quickly. Anyway, that's just the background. But the key thing I forgot about was the dietary requirements thing. So when we went into the cinema, they had us all our, our names on the seats. So you had to sit in a specific seat, and of course, I wanted to sit on an end seat so I could get make a quick exit to go and see vigil. Yes. Right. And so I, so I saw my. Name Badge in the middle of a row, right in the middle of the row. I was like, I can't do that. So I actually grabbed it from the row behind me and I took an end seat and Kate joined, joined next to me. Right. At this juncture, <laughs> I just want to say one thing. <laughs> I didn't realize about the name plates and then a uh, boy told me and he goes oh just sit next to me the person who was meant to be sitting in the seat I was going to occupy I could see in the front row she right. was already sitting there so yeah so you're I, saying that you are just an accomplice I'm I'm not even that I was he just said to me oh just it's because look such and such is there so just swap it so I was like oh okay I just did it blindly did it right right so, and what we were saying is that other people just ignored the seating arrangement thing and just took seats elsewhere. Mavericks, yes. Maver- other Mavericks. Now, here's where I admit, I completely forgot, and I did not realise, because I'm stupid, that the reason the name, we were set specific seats, assigned them with name tags, is because of the dietary requirements, obviously, so they could bring out, they weren't bringing out meat or fish for vegetarians. So... I and one of the people running the whole thing looked at me and goes, uh, have you moved seats? And I went, oh, yeah, so sorry. And they went, oh, well, because the dietary requirements, we have to quite rightly, you know, sort out. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. But it was too late because already my yeah. other seat that he I took it from it had like been this. filled up. The whole thing, pandemonium reigned. And they had to like work out who to give each bit of food to on a massive train. So you derailed the entire derailed event. He it. did. And he was showing no signs of moving seats because obviously he did want to have a quick getaway as well. I couldn't move seats at that point because someone had already t- occupied my seat behind me. And the whole Cinema was full of people sitting in the wrong seat, so I've completely and fucked it up. Crucially, who's in Castaway? Yes, Sheridan so Smith. Right. Oh yeah. And oh, <laughs> the next part of the story. Oh no! In for a penny, in for a pound. Very lead. So the whole thing was delayed. The screening was delayed massively. It started yeah. massively late. So I was already like, oh, I, I'm not going to be able to stay for the Q and A. So I stayed for the actual first episode, which is obviously embargo. We can't say anything about it, but we'll review it on the podcast. <laughs> Boxing Day, Paramount Plus. And it starts Sheridan Smith, and um, literally as I walked. I gave my tray to the lovely people organising it, grabbed my jacket, stormed up, like, race against time to get to the BFI. There's Sheridan Smith standing before me, literally, as I put my tray down behind the scenes. And she just looks at me and goes, hi, boy, grabs me and hugs me and gives me a kiss. And I'm like, she's like... (laughs) Looks at me like, what are you doing? Just to say, what are you doing? I'm about to do my Where Q&A. Going, I'm like, yeah. And I just went, sorry, I've just got to go and do a thing. I literally, those were my exact words. Got to sorry, go and do I've a thing. I've li- got, got to go and do a thing because I thought that, because in my mind, and I, I, I was quite pleased with it because I thought, she won't know. She won't yeah, care yeah, whether yeah. I'm go- just going to the loo and coming back, just making a phone call and coming back, or actually not coming back, which was the latter. <laughs> were you wearing... Bad. A limited edition Supreme jacket because that would have given you away. I wasn't. No, no he was, was in just something more regular. discreet. Actually. But you, were you wearing your jacket? Were you, was there outerwear? There was outerwear. It was like my Arsenal jacket. No one goes to the toilet wearing a coat. I've got to be honest with you. Um, it was a thin Arsenal jacket though. So mm. my, the long and short of that conversation is Boyd proved an absolute nightmare for the PR to this screening, and he dragged me down with him. But yeah. anyway, we went so to the screening. I, apologies and... to everyone at Paramount Plus, Selfridges yes. Cinema, the um, Sheridan the, Smith, the company yeah. that served the food, Sheridan yeah. Smith. <laughs> Sorry. Everyone. And Kay and yeah. everyone else. 
Wow. Okay, so you're forgiven now, hopefully. But anyway, we went to see that screening. We will be reviewing it, I'm sure, later on. We can't say much. Um, the other last thing is that I went to, uh, this is just like another industry thing, I went to the ITVX party. It was celebrating its one uh, anniversary birthday. It's one anniversary. First anniversary. They show clips of, it was Kevin Ligo. He gave a big speech thanking everyone for supporting it, saying how much better it was than the ITV hub. He's very funny, actually. He was like, <laughs> yeah, that was basic. He did, I'm paraphrasing. Essentially, it was, that was a load of shit, didn't do so well. This is doing much better we're really happy about it everyone drink and eat loads of food write nice stuff about um, ITVX and then he showed some clips of stuff that was coming up so we saw some clips of Mr Bates versus the post office which I know I'm going to sob my way through and I know Boyd's hosted the um... is that a Downton Abbey spin-off correct <laughs> That's quite good. <laughs> that is good. But also making light of actually quite a sad drama. <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> important, important, um, important real life wow. court case. <laughs> that was, that was quite the emotional boomerang, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> that's really good. Actually, it's really inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then also Passenger, which James, I know you've seen because you've, um, you've one interviewed Wumi Star. Uh, Wumi, actually. It's oh, Wumi Masaki. Oh, okay. uh, my now new close personal friend, Wumi right. Masaki, oh. who I spoke to yesterday about it. Okay. Did uh, she okay. correct your pronunciation? Like, no, I knew. Oh, I, uh, so, Boydie, research. I did my research. Yes. But you know what? It's a fucking minefield for me because you know who wrote Passenger, don't you? No. Andrew Buchan. Oh. Uh, or Buchan, as I oh, described no. him to, to Joe oh, when, we had, when we had Joe Barton on. Yes. And I said, oh, Andrew, oh, Andrew Buchan. Buchan. He was like, it's Buchan. What are you talking yeah. about? So, yeah. Uh, of, yeah. of Broadchurch fame. Yeah, and he, he wrote, this is his show that he's wrote it. And he went to a RADA with Wumi Masaku, oh. and she's the lead in it. And he basically, almost inadvertently, well, you'll hear in the interview next year, but uh, he kind of wrote the role for her. Oh, so, oh that's brilliant. Yeah. Well, so we saw all these clips of really great shows that are coming up, so I was excited. But even more excitingly, James, I've already told Boyd this, I met a guy called Ed who works at the, um, I thought he worked at ITV. Right. Actually works at the... He works at Reddit, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he said he hates you. No. Um, he works at the very swanky hotel this was, ba- um, this was held in. Which in is? Batsy. Right, actually, you can say it because you can put on one of your silly accents. L apostrophe A-R-T. Oh, it's just Lars. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying a French accent. Le Del Yes. Anyway. Batter, okay, no, no more. Um, and yeah, he's he's quite a big wig over there. Anyway, he came up to me and said he listens to Pilot. Does he? Yeah, he subscribes to Pilot Plus. He really enjoys it and he was telling me what he was watching. And so I just wanted to say a shout out to Ed. What's his, Ed, 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 Ed and Ed, if you're listening um, and there are any got any hotels in New York <laughs> that are available from so next shameless. Wednesday through Sunday, I am Actually, going. Actually, that's true. That could yes. be quite useful. Ed, yeah, yeah. I know he's listening. He's a fan. Yeah, of the show. Saying, we're a fan of him. I mean, I've booked so. the stand. Oh, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say where I'm staying. <laughs> Get it. I've booked a nice hotel. <laughs> He's booked a standard nice hotel. A standard, a standard room in a nice hotel. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but you know, I'm open to all Listen, Ed might be yeah. able to hook yeah. you up. Um, so he was telling me he's been watching A Murder at the End of the World, he's been enjoying that. And yeah, so Imagine. he said he loved Pilot Plus and the. You know what we need? We need a Pilot Plus suite. Not for like some weird sex thing. I mean, just like oh so that. Oh my god, James! My mind hadn't even gone there. No, now, why would I, you say that? Yeah, just, why? No, yeah. I right, just. Uh, I have to rip my ears off. Okay. Excuse me. Do they have a screening room there? That's the question. You know, we could go. We could watch shows. Like, be great. Oh yeah, that's quite a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, Ed, if you're listening, get in touch with us for many different reasons. By well, the way, K K. Went to this event, the ITVX yes. thing, did not check that whether I'd been invited or not, or if I might be going. And of course, I was invited, but I didn't go because I thought I'm not going to know many people there and I'm really tired. Oh, I've got loads of work to do. Yeah. You could have met Ed. So, I could have met Ed. Oh, exactly. One to one. I could have literally said, if you're in New York, said hotels. Ed. I mean, that would have been nice. He would have said, oh, yeah, I listened to your podcast. And you would have then immediately yeah. tapped him up for a free break. I would have been more subtle about it. Okay. Fine. Would you? Yeah. Would you, though? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Definitely. He Can I just that. say, ITVX mm. are having a really great week. Do you know why? Because their why? revenues must have 
pretty much doubled. Do you know why? Because I subscribed to ITVX Premium this week. <laughs> so, so like, they must ads. be raking it in. Uh, is that because you wanted to see The Winter King in, in without interruption? No, it's because I wanted to watch Cracker without adverts. Uh, oh, okay. uh, because Gosh, as, that's a big deal because you don't like to, you know, part with the cash. I don't, but it was, to be fair, £1 a month. So, oh, you know, it was, uh, it's on, it was on like some kind of Black Friday deal thing. It was like yeah, a pound, yeah. a pound, brilliant. Because as I mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned it on the regular pod or Pilot Plus, but the original broadcast version oh, yeah, of the Best Boys yes. episode of Cracker mm. is only available on ITVX not crucially on the DVD box set. Yeah, so you said that's that on Plus. Yeah, oh, that's uh, good. Yeah. In fact, ITVX, if anyone's listening, first of all, thanks for the invite to the Swanky Hotel. <laughs> nice to meet Ed. Um, but also, why don't you do some adverts for Pilot Plus? That's and right. Pilot. Advertise on. on this podcast. Come on, ITVX. You know, Show I am, us your cash. I'm almost a spokesman for ITV, let's be honest. <laughs> oh, God, I wasn't thinking. So, you, you know. that for us, guys. You really have. Okay, a different channel, but you know. <laughs> no, no. I, look, I am now I'm now a paying customer. I am now, I'm like a, I'm like a patron of ITV. Does a patron of the be, arts. Does that mean you're going to be less of a dick about ITV now? Well, I feel I can be more of a dick now because I'm parting. I'm helping to fund the channel. Oh, great. So That's I feel like want. I should have oh, yeah. more of a stake <laughs> in what enough, they do. I, I, was a th- I had a speech I was going to make about ITV drama. Ooh, did I'm you? Like, yeah. What yeah, is it? Go plans. on, do it. Because I saw one this morning. Uh, what was it? Drama. It's called After the Flood. And oh, yeah. It's yes. written by Mick Ford. Um, and it's coming uh, early in the new year. I What's think. it about? It's about literally there's a, a flooded town in the north, um, and kind of you know what happens when it's flooded and the aftermath and how the community. Fic- like, responds. is this based on real life at all? Or no, it's based. Well, it's, it, it's to the extent that these there are various ta- as they said in the launch. Um, you know, there are loads of pl- communities in this country affected by it, and mm. potentially like millions of people. When you know, and there are more and more floods now due to yeah, global warming. Yeah, 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 climate change. And, mm. Yeah, doesn't exist. Um, so <laughs> she's joking, listeners. Oh my god, she's yeah, joking. Oh, please. Yeah. Oh, my God. As if anyone who listens to this thinks and, Oh, yeah. Famous like QAnon climate change denier, <laughs> Kay yeah. Ribeiro. Exactly. Hey, Trump. Yeah, but it's really, really... Um, oh God, I don't want to spoil it. I'm not, it's, it's obviously embargoed, and I'm going to review it, obviously. But one thing that did strike me was, well, was, all I'd say now was, I think there's quite a few dramas recently that, in fact, Mr. Bates versus the Post Office. Mm-hmm. The Downton Abbey spin-off. Downton Abbey yes. spin-off. The di- whatever you think of the stories, etc. Once what struck me watching this thing today was the dialogue is really clever and smart, and yeah. funny. As I th- and I think uh, hang on. now was the implication there unlike most ITV stuff. Like no, where was that coming no. from? No, 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 no. The opposite. No, okay. Why am I about? Yeah, don't interrupt. Why am I about to say is I think, and then I, I watch other. I've watched quite a few American shows recently, and maybe including one we're reviewing later. This is when I was because I was going to do this speech later when we're reviewing this sh- an American show. Where the the like dialogue is completely banal and uninteresting and standard, yeah, and and so I think act, like like the so hotel I'm, room. I'm going, yeah, right. Like the <laughs> so I'm giving ex, extra kudos to I think I think British productions now, British drama productions and ITV as much as anyone works really hard mm-hmm. on the writing of these shows, and I think that there's the slack writing is now in American stuff much mm. more than this over here. Well, it's funny you should say that, Boyd. I had a very similar conversation with my new close personal friend, Wumi Masaki, right? Uh, and I obviously can't speak about anything that is embargo, but I no. will. Say say, Andrew Buchan, or Buchan, <laughs> yeah. uh, is a very good writer oh, there you go. who oh, puts an awful lot right. of thought into his dialogue, right. which is extremely yes. good. That's what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, Mick Ford, who wrote After that, is an, is an actor as well. He's, you recognise him from loads of stuff he used to do when he was, when he was younger, yeah. So I, I think it's a really interesting thing. If I had the time or inclination, I'd write a blog about it or something. Like you should. A substack or something I, yeah. like that. ITV, <laughs> he is available to write some content for yeah, Well, you. you know what, you should put it on Reddit, Boyd. Well, I said, yeah, no, I don't have to do that. <laughs> I'll squeeze it into one of my uh, reviews. Yeah. Do that. Point. Do that. Well, I'll be mentioning it later when <laughs> a review said, said American program. Mm, what no can spoilers. it be? <laughs> um, 
that's all I've been watching this week, Joe. That's, that's, that's a good amount. That's, yeah. that's good mm. and, and I've been like, you know, mingling with our listeners. And lest we forget, and I should probably mention this, because not everyone who listens to this, for reasons I don't fully understand, subscribes to the Marvel that is Pilot Plus. And thank you to everyone who's uh, Spotify Unwrapped had Pilot Plus as their yeah, number one. that was really cool, actually. Uh, for those of you who missed our conversation about C. Thomas Howe's flapping cock, oh. which was the centrepiece <laughs> oh, of our review of Netflix's Obliterated, which is on a whole other level. Uh, do subscribe to Pilot Plus so you can hear it. You won't regret it. I can't stop thinking of the term <laughs> banana split. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you watched it yet? Episode no, two. I'm going to watch it Come ready on. for next week. Right, um, you have to watch episode two. But, do you know what? I was thinking about watching it today, but I thought I cannot watch it in the office. No. Yeah. No, no, no. You can't watch it in public. No, so no. I'll watch it at home and I'll give you my verdict next week. Yeah. Okay. Boydie, what have you been watching? One first thing I was going to mention is this is a film, not a TV show. But there's a, a reason cool. There's a reason why I'm mentioning it. I mean, it is on Netflix. I think it's it's one of those ones where now, who knows where, that, where it's going to be in cinemas for a bit, it is going to be in cinemas for a bit, then it'll be on Netflix quite soon. I think next week even. Uh, but it it's called? Leave the World Behind. Have you seen it yet? Leave the World Behind, James? Because you see films and review films. Cause you work I have not behind. seen that. Leave the World Behind is the new film from Sam Ismail of um, lots of good TV shows fame. And it stars Julia Roberts. Hmm. And they work together on the Amazon Prime show, uh, that they did together. Oh, yeah. What remember? was that called? When she was, yeah. What, Good I point. What was it called? Let me just look it up. Here we go quickly. Um, Homecoming, which I loved, by the way, uh, particularly series one that she was in. And so this is their latest collaboration. So there's a big screening that I went to last night, a kind of premiere slash screening, and Judy Roberts was there. Being oh, wow. She looks absolutely incredible, fantastic. This is one of her best shorts. Anyway, I'm not going to read the whole film. The point I'm making is a huge plot point revolves around Friends. The TV show Friends, you may be aware of it. And I thought it was so interesting that this whole thing, which also, by the way, produced by Barack Obama, Barack and Michelle Obama. What? Exact producers of this this film, yeah. Yeah. It's based on a book that they kind of liked. You know, when Barack Obama does, he's like, these are my favourite books of the year. I think it was one of those. So it's it's adapted from that. So Barack and Michelle Obama are exact producers. But what I thought, I was sitting there watching this last night, I've never seen a film, and I'm not spoiling it, that that has such a key element to the storyline that basically, it's about families two families being affected by extraordinary things going on it's a disaster movie he described it as a disaster movie but one of the characters this young girl who's like probably 11, 12 something like that she is obsessed with friends with watching friends and the whole there's a whole storyline that revolves That's around she, she's, got, she's got to the last episode but because all the, everything's blacked out and, the, and nothing's <laughs> working and no, the internet's not working she can't watch the final episode and it becomes like a, 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 a long going joke but it, I was like I enjoyed it so much that particular rest, I think the film was absolutely brilliant by the way but I think that element of it particularly was genius the friends and if you're a friends fan it would just add to the yeah, whole yeah, yeah. kind of joy of this film the, the friends thing well you that's know, one of the it. things I am watching at the moment is friends my, I'm, I'm, right. I'm an, my ongoing continues. I am still watching that so I watched one of the Christmas episodes it was mm. the the episode where uh, Monica's parents come over and they don't like Chandler and she's trying to tell them that they're dating uh, and it's yeah. also where Joe and um, and Elle McPherson. Oh, yeah. I forgot oh, yeah, yeah, about yeah. that. Do you know what? Also, it has to be said, like, Joey, who I did not like when I first watched Friends, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before. You always mention this. I love Joey so <laughs> much anti-Joey now. anti-Joey Enmity. But no, but I love him. Yeah, like, I love, love him, him, love him, love him. Yes. So much. And I almost love him now more than I've ever loved him before. Remember Joey the spin-off, though? Yeah, yeah, less let's not that. dwell on that. Let's not dwell on that. The, so the other thing that is in this film, I'm not gonna, is there's a joke also about the West Wing. 
Oh, this sounds like the greatest thing I, I, ever. I, I'm either going to spoil it now. I, I might tell you the joke. I was going to gauge whether or not James is a, obviously wants. Mm. He will probably see this film. And don't spoil it for people. I won't spoil it. So not, I, no, I, I can either tell you the joke or not tell you the joke. No, don't tell me the joke. Okay, I won't tell the joke. But there's a brilliant West Wing joke. Okay. That you will. Do you know what? Absolutely no, actually don't love. because it was spo- and people will think it's a spoiler. So yeah. let's not ruin the joke. Yeah, but there you go. Okay, I'm glad there is one. So, uh, I, I, so let me check if when that is not coming to Netflix because obviously it's kind of you know these things they are on TV. I mean it's it's, it's in some. Oh, I see what you're doing there. You're trying to you're trying. No, get no, it in I'm under not, the radar. No, I'm saying it's a film. Oh, December 8th, next week. There we go. Yeah, there we go. So everyone watch it. It's really fucking good as well. And what's it called for everyone? Leave the World Behind. Leave the World Behind. I yeah. imagine we'll be reviewing that on the Empire you podcast. You will be. Judy Roberts, week. Mahershala Ali, Ethan Hawke, fucking great cast it's been, as well. Do you know what? Because it's been that's been advertised on buses quite a lot. Like yes. it's had a lot of uh, yeah, yeah. It's, they're spending yeah. money on that. So clearly it's one they think is good. It, it, yeah, it, it's it's phenomenal. The other thing, um, the, the other one-off thing I wanted to mention, which is um, <laughs> actually it's a slightly ambiguous film, TV thing as well, but this has not been in cinema. So Come I, on, I boy, consider you're it to really be pushing it now. this is the documentary about Albert Brooks who is one of my favourite all-time film writers, directors, Defending Your Life, Lost in America, no, real life. These films are, he has made five or six or seven all-time classic films. Lost in America and Defending Your Life, particularly two of my favourite films of all time. Defending Your Life was with Meryl Streep. And there's a documentary out on Sky Documentaries in which he um, uh, and his lifelong friend Rob Reiner, who are at school together. Rob Reiner? Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner, <laughs> le- legendary <laughs> director. Who directed This Is Spinal Tap, among many other Among many films. great things, yes. Absolutely huge, talented thing. And this revolves on the, the two of them getting together in a restaurant in LA and just chatting through um, uh, Albert Brooks's life and career. But he's it's so... You know, when someone you love, like a talent you love, who probably is underrated or undervalued because just because of reasons, um, gets their own thing devoted to them, this documentary. And the people in it, these are the, these are the talking heads in this thing, right? Larry David, because he was in an episode of Curb, Chris Rock, Sarah Silverman, Jonah Hill, Judd Apatow, Steven Spielberg, Ben Stiller, Wanda Sykes, Conan O'Brien, Sharon Stone, John Stewart, David Letterman, etc., etc. It's an incredible array of brilliant talking heads on this well, thing so. as well. So that is on Sky Documentaries. Check it out. It's absolutely fantastic. And then it will inspire you to go and watch uh, some of those films, hopefully. And and finally, I have dipped my toe huh. into Squid Game, oh. The Challenge. Okay, so... Yeah. Tell us all about it. I've heard some interesting things about yeah. this. What was your take? Well, remember when I mentioned we mentioned a few weeks ago, 007... The, which was dreadful. Right, which yeah. was terrible. And that's a very similar concept in the sense that that was taking, you know, a, a franchise, a, a, a created thing... Yes. ...and turning it into a reality show. Yes. This is a which is the same abomination. This is, yeah. <laughs> for you, an, an inherent abomination. Yeah. And I was doubt dubious about it. It turned out to be terrible. I thought it was, like, shoddily made. didn't really make sense. Didn't, you know, had... The connection to Bond was loose. It was all. What I would say about the Squid Game, the challenge, I've only watched a couple of episodes, is that it is, first of all, it's like 464 people paying part mm. to win $4.65 million, right? It is an extraordinary, I mean, it's the record most amount of money ever given away on a, on any game show in history. It's how much we'd make if we sold all his coats, though. Is that, <laughs> is that yeah, it's, like a, it's like a weekend away for me, I would say. Um, so, and the production values are fucking incredible. Oh, so right. they recreate, I don't know whether it's actually on the, no, they think they've recreated the sets, you know, in, 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 I think it was filmed in, in this country, in the big studios in this country. So, you, you know, the, so the first scene is the, the, the shooting scene. Red light, green light. Red light, green light. Yes. And then, you know, the ones like the walk, the plate, walking that thing, that one, yeah. the marbles. Marbles, tug of war, all that. They recreate the mm. specific tasks 
in the actual show with the most incredible production values. <laughs> did, did it last two duel to the death well, in an arena? So, so the one thing that doesn't happen is people do not die. <laughs> so instead of being actually shot, they they you know there's like paint paint splatter etc. Um, but it, it, and it so it kind of looks incredible and not just like not just the actual games where they stay recreates you know the bunk beds piled up yep. and all of that. The, so the look and the feel of it is absolutely the fidelity to the show is is amazing. Do you get um, to know the contestants? So th- th- that's the other weird thing because there are so many contestants mm. now. Of course, a lot of them have got rid of. I mean, no spoiler, you know, because of that first game is first. It, that that game which gets rid of a lot of. Them. Yes. That's good. You need it to weed the out. Field, yeah. so, that, so, that, so the field is thinned out quite quickly, but still there's still hundreds but they the way it's done is quite clever the first you're like oh you know but they do highlight the contestants quite cleverly um they weave it in they weave their stories in and you see you focuses on some and you eventually it's quite clear that the ones they're focusing on probably has stayed, stayed more of a chance of staying longer than the ones they don't focus yeah. on yeah although there will be some twists but they deal with that quite well considering yeah. they've gone bold with that whole idea of having hundreds of people you know and, and the prize which is going to be it's made by the way by the people who race across the world so oh, wow. and that's okay. key because I think the problem with the 007 thing was it was kind of shoddy. It didn't really make. Whereas this is meticulously, I'm kind of beautifully to, made. If it's made, made by the race across the world people, is yeah. there an event? Is there a, like a, a an event or a game where they see how many camera people <laughs> they can fit in the back of a taxi? No, 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 that would be amazing. <laughs> but so, and, and you know, the contestants are like quite a lot of them are absolute doofuses. You know, the kind of people who enter the Apprentice. And Studio they talk, Lambert. Yes, yeah, Studio Lambert. Yeah, who also make your favorite. Um, you know. Uh, Oh, Gogglebox. Gogglebox, etc. Mm-hmm. So they're but they're past masters at this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, they really so are. So they've done it. So in once they've decided to make this this game show, reality show, out of this incredible series that was brilliantly it, it, they've done as good a job as it could possibly be. That's my that's my verdict on it. And it is kind of addictive. And you think once I start watching it, I was like, oh no, this is gonna annoy me. Because it is basically like the opposite. The Squid Game is a kind of anti-capitalist yeah. like, section mm-hmm. of desperation in society. And this is basically a game show, you know, <laughs> kind of like with loads of money on offer to the winner. And it, so it completely goes against. But I guess the creator must have given consented to it. Oh, must, yeah, yeah, obviously. So, so, and, it's a money spinner for Netflix. And you know well. what? It is, it is addictive. I think I will. They've, they've, I think all the parts have dropped now. They, they, there's 10 episodes and they dropped the first five a couple of weeks ago and the second five dropped this week, I think. I am probably going to carry on watching that, finish it more than some of many oh, of the dramas. Squid Game correspondent. Yeah, the, and so it's it's pretty impressive in that sense. Yeah, you, James, but I can confirm, James, you will hate it. <laughs> that was never in doubt. What, okay. What have you been watching, James? You know, I think we've covered a lot of it. Like Friends is one of them. Passenger with my close personal friend Wumi Masaki <laughs> is uh, is obviously another one. The only other thing I've really been watching is I've watched I've been watching more of The West Wing, obviously, because I know I do this a lot, <laughs> but I don't know what I think. I can't. It's kind of beyond parody now. So, yeah. yeah, there was a bit where I needed to I wanted to watch something but I didn't have the energy to start anything new like anything new and very rare so very rare for me so I was in on the weekend and I was like right what was what what on my watch list it's always on the town no that's in not what clubs. I meant <laughs> it is not rare for me to be in on the weekend what it is rare for me to do is for me not to choose to watch a TV show but instead to watch what are they called they're kind of TV shows but they're kind of they're shorter and there's only well they're longer but they're only one of oh films that's it and, oh. and basically I watched Equalizer 3 which wow. was great instead of watching a show which is quite unusual for me so I ended up watching like film stuff instead which as people listen to the Empire podcast Oh no, that's quite rare. But uh, I um I did that, and I I wanted to. There was one point where I didn't want to start something new, so I watched more of the West Wing, and I'm I'm at the bit in the West Wing. I watched the episode uh, "Enemies Foreign and Domestic," which is where Simon Donovan, the sexy Secret Service agent, comes on and gets assigned to CJ. Hmm. Spoiler: It doesn't end well. 
Oh, no. I feel at the moment that any time you talk to James, he's either just watching Friends or West Wing. Yeah. Kate, it's been like this for the last five <laughs> oh, really? years. How long have we been doing this podcast? I mean, it's just routine. It's just basically Friends, <laughs> Friends and West Wing. I mean... But what's so funny about but that? Cracker as well. Oh, what's yeah, Cracker yeah, as well. Yeah, Cracker um, yeah, crack. But what's yeah. so funny about that is it's literally as if you've seen that film that I'm talking about last night, that I watched last night, because there's Friends and West Wing jokes yeah, in it. that's it. Um, leave the world behind. You're going to love it. I'm just film, living I'm for that you. film. If you that's don't like this film, I'm going to be fucking furious. Right, well, I would definitely watch it for next mm. week yeah. alright great that's fantastic right shall we move on now the question I have for you is we had a listener question I did share it with you oh, my yeah. question is do we have time to yeah, do we have, it yes because I've only got one answer on. I've joined on for hours you could cut out the whole because we've story. gone on now for <laughs> no, as we it. record I don't um, know what we'll be like when we've edited like 40 God, minutes sorry and we have to we have a hard ounce at half past three okay yeah it's quite a so what do you reckon? Oh, fuck it. Let's do it quickly. Let's Honestly, do it I've quickly. only got one answer. Of course, of course you have. You, have. You, asked, you were asked to construct a top 10, so of course <laughs> oh, you've done one 10? answer. Yes, that was the question. But no, no, Kay the Maverick has done one answer. Anyway, speaking of Mavericks, this comes from Maverick. Uh, and he says, I ventured onto Twitter today uh, and there was some fun replies to the question, name the most iconic movie scene you've watched. And it got me thinking, what is the most iconic TV show scene you've ever seen? Uh, I'm thinking something like Del Boy's Fall Off the Pub Counter or the famous Say My Name scene in Breaking Bad would be interested to come up with a top 10 of them too. So basically, yes, we were supposed to come up with a top 10. <laughs> Kay, please now reveal your top 10. <laughs> I forgot about the question, remembered on the tube on the way over, was hastily, try- didn't have any internet to try and look up uh-huh. an answer. Um, and then I suddenly thought of, and neither of you probably have seen it, the scene in EastEnders. Oh my God. Yes. You Ate My Mother. Everyone, anyone who knows so oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which Kat Slater um, and her daughter, um, I'm trying, Zoe, yeah, and it was a, it was an iconic scene. So I'm going to choose that just because it's the one that popped into my head when I was stuck in a tunnel on the tube. What I what I respect about you, Kay, is your dedication to this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Well, actually, at least I've got an answer. Boy's hastily looking at one up now. He's just googling. Mm-hmm. No, no, I was just checking something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm looking up. Okay. <laughs> I, actually, I did actually come up with ten. Ten? Yeah. <gasps> all right, give Go, us the body. I'm just such a swap. In between, like, working on three different issues of heat. We and all are, boys. Fucking, uh, <laughs> We've all got a lot on our plates at the moment. It's going to screenings. Go on, yeah. in reverse order. Oh, I having now, having I to drink cu- champagne. I haven't perfected the order. Okay. So this so is it's a, just a, it's, it's like a hot they tumbled okay. out of my head, okay. to be honest. Fleabag. Oh, yeah. Either... I mean, after the after the confession to the to the hot priest, or the bus stop at the end with the hot priest. Bus stop. Yeah, bus stop. Okay, which is the the end of the final episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Fleabag, Sherlock when Moriarty shoots himself, and then Sherlock jumps off the roof, which led to the huge mystery of how the fuck is Sherlock going to survive this leap off the roof of a building in London. There's loads of iconic Sherlock moments. I was also thinking of doing when um, Moriarty Moriarty first arrives in this like swimming pool area, which is brilliant. And there's a Bee Gees song in the background. Um, Forty Towers, <gasps> when Basil um, thrashes but, his car. Oh, that's, that's, an, that's an interesting choice. Why oh. is that one in particular? I thought you'd say I, don't mention the war. Yeah, no. I, well, don't mention the war is slightly controversial. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, that's that's not that, why, whole episode that whole episode is, is, yeah, is problematic. Problematic. Yeah, yeah. problematic. But it's because, yeah. right, that's it. I'm yeah. going to give you a damn good, good thrashing. <laughs> I think it is the iconic moment. I think it is it the is moment. Good. I mean, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I, I, and it was the funniest. I watched that live. Yeah. My family, I credit my family, they watched 40 Towers live. Boy, are you immortal? Mid-70s. I was eight. I think I was eight. 
It and, is a good scene. And it was, I remember watching it for the first time. It was like this one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And also, seen. They, didn't, uh, they didn't shoot outside of the hotel a lot. So no, I well, though, back we... in the day, there was a lot of like, yeah, film. They, uh, the, the outdoor scenes would be on film and the indoor scenes would be in the they studio. They didn't do tons of outdoor scenes, though. No, no, no. no very no, rare. Yeah. Very, very yeah. rare. So yeah, that's yeah. why it's it was amazing. more special. Yeah. 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 Still absolutely brilliant. Because it was a build-up of, of fury and it was fantastic, yeah. Um, the Office, I went for... Um, the, I mean, the, the Free Love Freeway, when he sings Trevor Philly, but also when he, the, the whole thing about when, in Training Day, in the Training Day episode, when he says, there's been a rape up there in the hotel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is... That, and it has to be that that, yeah, that line I think it's is that, in the context yeah. the funniest thing ever. The OA, just the final scene of season two. I mean, that no is, more needs to be said. I mean, that was one of the most thrilling. When I saw that in the screener, you know, I, I never, never, I've been on about it many times, but I'll never forget that moment. It was like, what the fuck? Yeah, what Pat, has happened? Yeah. I think I texted you immediately and was yes. like, boy, I've yes. just seen it. Oh yes. my God. And I, every time I see Patrick Gibson, who's in that scene, keep. He is that scene. He is the finale. Yeah. And I've lucky enough to meet him a couple of times. I didn't him, but I can't stop going on about it. I've got a constant basis. It's like, no, I know. It is incredible. Um, the oh, oh, sorry. Frasier. Frasier's loads. I went for, I love the episode, I've mentioned it before, where he gets an orchestra to perform his theme tune. He's asked to come up with a theme tune to his show, which is supposed to be like a 20 second little ad. You know, of course second. he gets an orchestra. And he gets a full orchestra with choir <laughs> and their performance of it I is like fucking style. brilliant. Absolutely hilarious. In Seinfeld, I've gone for, in the competition episode where they're competing to not basically abuse themselves for a certain period <laughs> for reasons <laughs> then there's a brilliant bit where Kramer is watching a, a woman opposite take her get dressed take her clothes off and he literally just goes he, go, he walks out and then comes back 30 seconds later going I'm out <laughs> absolutely brilliant <laughs> Doctor Who I mean oh I've Dom. got a Doctor Who on my list oh, have you? yeah but I want to say it in case oh. it's your one. Oh, yeah, go on. And obviously you know that I've only seen a small handful of yes. Doctor Who episodes. Yes. But I wanted I'm to intrigued. kind of get outside my comfort zone a little okay. bit. Yeah. And this scene really stuck with me. And it's the Vincent scene when he goes to the Musée d'Orsay at the end, mm. when he goes forward in time and he, Vincent van Gogh gets to see the impact he's had on culture. And yeah, it's a beautiful. proper tears yeah. to your eyes, beautiful yeah, moment. Richard Curtis, yeah. Yeah, and it really stuck with me, obviously, and my love for Richard Curtis yeah. knows no bounds. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I didn't pick that, but that is a brilliant, brilliant scene. Okay. Yeah. I, I also picked a new Who moment, though, um, which so I've gone for in the 50th anniversary episode, which Stephen Moffat wrote, where up past doctors came back but it was the it was the 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 moment right at the end where um tom baker appears as the curator but as you know and and do you remember i i found out about it from matt smith showing me a picture of him with tom <laughs> baker in the toilet of Sarah spoiler House. yeah um so he showed me that but i didn't really understand what he was showing me at the time it was only literally when i saw I mean, it i don't understand what matt smith was showing me in the toilet at soho house feels like <laughs> yeah, a better story than the one you I told know. earlier yeah um <laughs> But but I, he's my he was my doctor. Tom Baker was my main doctor. I love Tom Baker. He was my You're favorite. A still man. my favorite. A huge scarf man. And that just to see him back was fantastic. Um, so yeah, that was that's definitely a moment. Um, succession. I think I'm building up to my number one actually. Succession. I've gone for bore on the floor, but equally, mm. bore on, it, yeah, maybe not. No. My other option was the dick pic. Roman sending the dick pic. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's that, isn't it? Is that? That yeah. is the moment. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's got Always everything. Go with the dick that pic. scene's got everything because it's funny. Yeah, it's yeah, excruciating. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that it's, moment. The performance like, is sure. absolutely brilliant. And then finally, I will never forget Queer as Folk, episode one, channel four, the rimming scene. And there's no other way of describing <laughs> it. And I think, it, 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 you know, I 
it was just it was I went to the screening you know a Russell someone today actually I think they must have repeated uh, Russell D Davis's uh, Des Island Discs Long Island Discs I was about to say it's like a cocktail <laughs> yeah Long Island Discs Des Island Discs where he mentions me because in the launch I kind of said I thought the oh, show yeah. was brilliant so we watched that that scene in front of hundreds of members of the press who were like furious about it and people from the Daily Mail and the Sun complaining and there we were like jaw dropping watch and it's quite a thing to show that act you mm. know back in nineteen. 1999. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't one of your taste screenings, I'm assuming. <laughs> that's, one best, that's one of your best lines ever. That's a really good one. No, no it wasn't. You could do, they should do, recreate it now. Do a new one. Do an anniversary screening. Let's suggest that for like the 25th anniversary. So, yeah, I will never forget seeing that scene in front of all of these fucking journalists, these uptight journalists, furious right-wing, furious people. And I think it cemented my, you know, Fellow friendship or whatever with Russell D. David because he because he, he was very thankful that I that I did that and it was all down to that scene which was astonishing amazing so that's that's ten I've gone through it quite quickly okay, okay. that was a good list that was right. a good list you so, get a gold star for actually fulfilling the brief thank you having mocked Kay thoroughly I have to now confess that I didn't exactly properly come up with a definitive top ten list but rather in a last minute hurried way I assembled ten I did get ten but they were kind of just ten things out of stuff that I like that I could remember at the time I did it. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Go fine. Then. Pretty much. So my list was this. From The Wire. Two from The Wire. Stringer Bell's Death. Cornered As He Is by Omar Little and Brother Muzone. That is absolutely iconic. Love that. Also mm. from The Wire, the fuck scene. Yeah. So... You won't know this, Kay, but there is a bit where the bunk and Jimmy McNulty get to a crime scene mm. and they investigate the crime scene for about five minutes and the only dialogue is the word fuck. Like, fuck, fuck, <laughs> fuck, it's fuck, clear. fuck. And it's, 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 it's pure poetry. Mm. It's genius. Two cathedrals from the West Wing. Obviously him cursing out God in the cathedral is that. But also in that episode, the hand in his pocket turns away and smiles moment. You know, with dire straits, uh, yeah. yes. like that whole. Yeah. That's that's a great moment. Brothers in arms. Moment. It brothers, it, it's in brothers in arms. Yeah. Yes, that's right. From the Last of Us, mm. Bill and Frank's final dinner. Yeah, yeah. The nice. bit where they have dinner together, and then it realizes when it's supposed to be just Frank's last day, and then you realize it's also Bill's yeah. last meal as yeah. well. That is a beautiful scene, which stays with me. That's probably my scene of the year. Um, I've entered the Vincent one. If I'm going to pick, uh, if I'm going to pick something from Game of Thrones. And there are a lot of them. Mm. It would be Light of the Seven, the the great sept of Baylor when she blows it up with the wildfire, and it's that sort of like ten minute piece of music with the piano. It's the only time a piano had until that point appeared on the Game of oh. Thrones soundtrack. Ramin Djawadi had deliberately not used piano at any point, but he used it for that. It's a wonderful choral sort of like central part to it, and it's the the build up to her basically destroying all of her enemies in a big ball of green fire. Cersei. Uh, Cersei yes, Lannister, yes. 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 And, and the thing I remember almost most about that is I watched that episode on the train and the woman next to me was so furious that I was ruining it for her that she literally got up and oh, moved fair seats. Enough. Fair <laughs> enough, yeah. Uh, so that, she that was, stormed off to Reddit. She did, she, that's it. She went yeah. off to Reddit and posted a furious yeah. thread about it. Um, from The Haunting of Hill House, the revelation, and I'm not going to spoil it, for those who haven't seen it, the revelation of the bent neck lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Which genuinely, that was a proper, like, oh my God moment for me. That's really stuck with me. Um, from Star Trek The Next Generation, from the episode Chain of Command, the two-parter, where Jean-Luc is being tortured by the Cardassians. That's the Cardassians, not the Cardassians. <laughs> I'm the only one who gets tortured by the Cardassians. Uh, there are four lights. If you know, you know. Okay. Uh, 
And then because I've been watching Cracker, I have to say, <laughs> to be a somebody, and two particular scenes stand out for me on that. It's the, obviously, Christopher Eccleston's death scene, which is absolutely heartbreaking, dying in the streets after having been stabbed by Robert Carlyle's Albie Kinsella. But also the LIV, ERP, double OL, Liverpool FC, when, and then they have this kind of football chant off in the interrogation room. That is brilliant. Genuinely genius. And then finally, finally, uh, because obviously I talk about Blackadder a lot and Blackadder is, is something that I hold dear to my heart. The final moments of Blackadder Goes yeah, Forth yeah. when they go over the top where the pathos in that scene is so thick. And for something that's so funny and sarcastic and acid all the way through, it is so touching and heartfelt and tragic and it is everything that I think Elton and Curtis were trying to say about World War One in that moment and the futility of conflict. Uh, and I just think, I think it's wonderful. It's a wonderful, wonderful tragic tragic moment and that does regularly win like best scene best comedy scene or, oh, or, or, sec- it's not funny but yeah <laughs> well yeah but it's in a sitcom yeah it is yes and um, second only of course too well, the thing that inspired the thing that the correspondent mentioned which was Del Boy falling through the bar in, yeah. in Only Falls and Horses I'm just... sure is one of your favourites as well Joe. oh absolutely have you ever seen Only Falls and Horses uh, I rem- the only scene of Only Falls and Horses I remember is the chandelier which is uh, yeah. second that's classic as well also yeah. there's another good moment but it's not a comedy moment I really like to when um, do you remember when Damien was born and yeah. Delboy does that yes. speech yes. that was so um, yeah, that a was poignant great, yeah. Yeah. yeah well I think we've answered Maverick's question in a maverick way uh, if you'd like your question read out send it to me on Instagram at James C. Dyer if you want to send it to at Pilot TV Pod you can absolutely do that on Instagram and Twitter for however long it continues to operate which judging by the current oh, advertising God, yeah. thing is not going to be that much longer uh, if you want to follow me on threads I really recommend you do so at James C. Dyer for when they shut down Twitter uh, or you know must just Instagram absolute a hundred percent anyway anyway that was a listener question let's have this week's guest now Lizzie Broadway was for my money the single best performance in Gen V like that was as we've mentioned Prime Video's recent spin-off of The Boys uh, as Emma aka Little Cricket she had this very very memorable scene in the first episode but really beyond that she really brought that character to life uh, over the course of that first season um, and we sent professional Keanu Reeves wrangler Sophie Butcher to go and talk to Lizzie about that. So this is Sophie talking Feeling Small with Lizzie Broadway. I forgot to mention, but there are in fact spoilers for the first series of Gen V in this interview. So if you haven't yet seen it, maybe skip ahead. If you have though, it's all good. Enjoy. Lizzie Broadway, star of Gen V, welcome to the Pilot TV podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm excited to be here with you. Fantastic. I'm excited to talk about this show because I love this show. I've already talked about it a ton on our podcast. Um, I talked to Michelle Vizikas for our um, spoiler special. Um, She was great. Um, Dug into everything. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, And I really love the show. I mean, can you take me back a little bit to when you first came on board, when you first cast? Um, How did you feel about it? How did you feel about the character? And were you a fan of the boys as well already? So here's the thing. I am Lizzie. I live under a rock. So I didn't know anything about the boys. So it was just like an audition that came through and I did a self tape for it and I didn't hear anything back for a month. And then my life changed in two days. Like I did a call back with the showrunner, and then the next day they invited me to be on the show. So I was like, Oh yes, this is so cool. But then the moment, you know, I watched the boys and I saw the caliber of work that was on that show, the excitement quickly turned to panic. I was like, Oh my God, this is like a, this is a great show. So it was it was a whirlwind to say the least. Yeah, I bet. I mean, did you just have a nice binge session there? We just caught up on all the se- all the seasons. 
Yeah, I locked my door and like put my onesie on and just like with my popcorn, just like binge the first like two seasons. So <laughs> I was like, I was in it. Yeah, it's a great primer. I mean, and Emma's a fun, a fascinating character. Um, I I really loved her. She's one of my favorites. I mean, her power obviously is she um can go really small. She can go really big. Um, she does that through eating, through purging. Um, it's a really powerful metaphor, I think, just, you know, for eating disorders primarily, but also the idea of women feeling that they might have to shrink or feel small or in social situations and all of that stuff. I mean, that's what I took from it. But what, what did you take from that aspect of her power? Well, I think that's exactly what you said. I mean, I feel like Emma's so relatable because we've all been there. You know, we've all felt not good enough. We've all made to feel small. You know what I mean? And I think with a lot of people, we use humor to deflect, you know, and like the funniest people are the saddest. And I think that's really relatable, you know, and not feeling accepted, but like just having a really good heart. So that's what really made me jubilant to like play Emma, but also it was terrifying. You know what I mean? She was a tricky character to, to play. Yeah, because they, they, you know, all the characters have this kind of heaviness regarding their power and their their story and everything. But this one feels particularly so, I would imagine. I mean, did you kind of have all that sort of metaphor, if you like, in mind when you when you're playing Emma, when you're doing those scenes, or are you thinking of it purely more as a superpower in the moment? How do you kind of combine those things? It's so interesting. I, you know, Emma feels small. She feels like she's not good enough. She feels like she wears a lot of masks to be liked, you know? So, I mean, if you Google an eating disorder, it, it, she really does have that. So I played into that, um, as it was. So, I mean, I really, I wanted people to feel seen because not only do women experience it, men do too, you know? So yeah, I, I, I had the, as an actor, I was like, she has an eating disorder for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, how did you shoot the the really, really small scale stuff? I mean, the, that must have been, was it like you with really giant things behind you? Was it all green screen? What was oh, going on? So, you know, what's crazy about this show with Emma, she's doing a lot of crazy things. I'm going to set sometimes. I'm like, is this my job? Like, this is <laughs> like, oh my God. So here's the thing with blue screen. It was my first thing ever doing and shout out to Colin Penman. He is the designer of, can I say the word, like the ear, the thing uh-huh. that happens, dick. dick. Um, <laughs> you can say whatever you, know, you like. <laughs> okay. The toilet, like he gave me such a wonderland to play in. Um, and it was pretty remarkable, but I'm going to be honest, shooting those scenes were the most nerve wracking because you had to pray to God that your imagination is enough. You know, because I had to do all those scenes to a laser dot on the ceiling and had to just go by my um, scene partner's voice. So at the time I was like, what am I doing? Like, you know what I mean? But um, it also gave me immense freedom. I was like, I can do cartwheels if I wanted to. Like no one can say anything. But yeah, so it was it was a skill set for sure that I was like not prepared for. Yeah, it's a whole different factor of acting that you, because that was my question. Were you able to be have other actors there in any way but it was just the voice and just you looking at her yeah I felt like a cat on the ceiling you know when you're cats you do a little laser I was like dip that, dip, I don't know, I don't know <laughs> tennis ball so, yeah, or like a tennis ball or like that's pretty much it that's and I think maybe we had time once to sh- uh, show aces coverage 
or Jazz's coverage, we usually usually would shoot that first. So then I would remember um, what they did. But I would, I, I it was a crapshoot to be honest. You just, yeah, I was like, okay, I hope this works out. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I mean, what was it like then watching those scenes actually properly realized with all the effects and everything? Was it? Were you like, oh, I, I nailed that. Maybe I would have done that differently, or was it? You know, it's it's interesting. You you know, your your own worst critic. But like, there's certain things that I was like, oh, I wish I covered my ears with the alarm sounding because you don't, you know what I mean? Like, there's certain things I was like, maybe I wish I could take more space up on the bed, but it's so mathematical, um, it's like visual effects. Um, but watching it, I remember I remember the cast watching it for the first time, the first two episodes, and it was this really surreal moment. We were just like looking at each other, and we're like, did we just? Did we make a great show? (laughs) Don't know. So when we watched it, we were like kind of crying and being like, holy moly, this is not this. I think we made really something really special. Yeah, absolutely. That's wonderful. I mean, to zone in on a specific sequence, I think when you go through the guy, the security guard's ear was the one that kind of like stuck with me (laughs) the most. Um, And there's that great shot of you that ends the episode all covered in blood and everything. I mean, can you talk me through shooting that? scene in particular oh god how long do you have like I <laughs> there's this story time so we I did a water test for it which was hysterical I don't know they thought maybe I would drown in the ear I don't know my favorite <laughs> was pineapple um so it's <laughs> a good one we get to set I'm in the ear and again there's not much acting it's just like me I have one job which is to get up right I failed miserably miserably because the the ear was the uh the blood was buoyant so i would just float up so i couldn't stay down so everyone was like throwing like apple boxes in and everything (laughs) and then then, so we couldn't shoot it but then um a stunt guy you know being very polite was like hey do you want me to get in with her thinking that they would say no you could see (laughs) the first idea was like yeah get in and you could just see the plot twist on his face (laughs) that was just me and a stunt guy in an ear shaped like, you know, uh, what is it? A, like a pool. So kind of, mm. it was like a bad bachelorette date gone wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Hi, how are you? Good, good. So then I had to like, just be on him and he had to hold me down. And that's how we shot the scene. Yeah. So it was, it was a crazy day. In episode four, what I really liked to see was that she, which we didn't realise was an element of Emma's power yet, but she goes really big as well as really small. I mean, did that, I mean, again, I'm assuming that was kind of all blue screen stuff, but did that change how you kind of had to embody that physicality, like thinking about really being really, really big? Um, I think, yeah. So that wasn't, me eating meatballs was not blue screen. That was like a lot of takes. <laughs> However, that was just me thriving and living my best life. Yeah. Um, but um, for the for when I get really big, that took like eight hours of film of me just going under because like no nudity. So like I was like a nin- like a ninja with mathematical stuff. Um, but I really didn't think it was more of the eating disorder. That's how I approached the the show, the binging, but it wasn't necessarily the physicality because mm. that was all going to be in post. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Uh-huh. Um, 
I mean, something that I really love about this show is the whole chemistry between you guys as a group, as an ensemble. It's such a nice mix of characters. How did you guys build that? Is that something that came through rehearsal or from shooting? Did you guys read together? How did you sort of develop that? So it's funny. Like this, this was a whole kind of whirlwind. I, um, Jazz and I were cast pretty, pretty early on. So we knew each other. So like that was, that was great. But Asa came in pretty late to the, to the party. So we were just like, fingers crossed, we have chemistry. Um, so I I mean, at least for Emma's storyline, like Emma's kind of on her own for most of the show. She's not part of the Scooby gang until like maybe episode six, episode seven. So I, I didn't really get to work with the rest of the cast. Like I can't wait for season two that we can like dive mm. into those relationships. You know what I mean? Um, but Asa and I, like, we have such a great dance together. We have great synergy. It was kind of in the stars. Um, we never had a chemistry read. We didn't really know each other. And our first scene together was um, us reading off camera for the dip top scene in 103. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we we just got really lucky with, with this cast mm-hmm. and, like, the synergy between us. Yeah, and you mentioned Asa there. I mean, Emma's relationship with Sam is really pivotal. It helps her come out of her shell she gains a lot of confidence and that sort of helps her blend back in with the guys um in the later episodes i mean how how do you see her relationship with sam affecting her you know what's beautiful about the relationship is that they're two misfits who came together they're both really misunderstood and you know sam meets emma when she's at her worst like we're at a drive-in she tried to clean up but she's still bloody she's not she's not doing too well. And he just sees right through her for the first time. And, you know, Emma wears a lot of masks. So as you go through the series, she starts shedding that mask. And I think Sam is the first person that helps her do that, Mm -hmm. which is really exciting. For sure. And there's such a great journey there with him because in the last episode, he tells her she's not a hero and she shrinks and she she gets smaller without having to purge. It's just all about her feelings. I mean, what was running through your mind when you're shooting that one? How are you, how are you getting in Emma's head when that happens? Literally, I read that script and I was like, what the fuck? And, and that's kind of made it because I was like, wait, I have so many questions as Emma because Emma has no idea what the fuck is going on, right? So at least that scene was really pivotal because at least as Emma was feeling, Sam was wrong. Sam was hitting all her pressure points. Um, So we kind of went into that, at least I did as an artist and went into it as like, we'll see what happens. I prepped as much as I could, but it was really based on the relationship that um, Asa and I built for Sam and Eva and and how that would all come together. So yeah, as as Emma, I was just like taking in what uh, Sam was saying after with the whole journey like already there it opens a kind of kind of worms right about emma's powers and what affects them and what more there could be i mean is that something that you've kind of thought about yeah because i was like okay i i I, honestly i want i want to turn to the writers i'll be like what what is happening and i kind of don't know i think in season two maybe that'll be a self-discovery for emma for sure but like it's going to be really interesting like does she have to feel really small to get small like how much control does she have over her powers? That makes sense. Is she really joyful? Does she get big? But if she has to get tiny, I mean, purging is one thing because she felt small, but then she has to feel small without purging. So it's like, 
when is she going to gain the strength that she can control it without having to feel certain things? That's my question. Yeah, really, it does. Because if you think you'd have to put yourself through real emotional trauma to get yourself that small. So yes, how can she do it at will? She'd be like to Maria, she's like, okay, can you depress me? Because I need to get small. You know what I mean? Let's watch a really um, sad film. (laughs) Hey, can we like watch like, what's a really sad film? Like the Titanic. Yeah. Like, Titanic and so I can get small. Um, yeah. I feel like that's what Emma's MO would be for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can see them doing that in season two. You never know. Um, like David Caruso with her gerbil, just her like in a onesie. Just, yeah. Just with tissues. <laughs> yeah. Or the notebook. Be like, yeah. I miss you. All the classics. Yeah. <laughs> um, as well, an interesting like kind of relationship that we see Emma have is with her mum, which is quite brief, but I thought it was a really fascinating element of backstory for her, that kind of dynamic. There's a lot of tension there. And you can see that that's kind of um, affected how she's developed her power, how she's sort of, you know, her eating and all, all of that sort of stuff. How did you approach that element? Um, and how do you think that kind of relationship feeds into Emma's psychology so with the way I prep as an artist I really do root memories usually I make a diary like for Emma I wrote like a 40 page biography with with her um because well I'm like really fascinated like with neuroscience so like between the ages of zero and seven you have root memories who kind of make you up to the the person you're going to be so I made a lot of um memories regarding the relationship Emma would have with her mom and why Emma would feel small, why Emma feels like she has to put on a mask to feel loved, like really specific um, to the point where you see that relationship play out on on camera. So, I mean, the relationship Emma has with her with her mom is her identity, you know, so that was really pivotal for me as an artist. I was like, this is exciting for me to dive into. Yeah, it's like where the rest of everything comes from is back to those... Yeah, your childhood trauma. Yeah, you know? those core memories. Yeah. Have you got um, a favourite day on set that you can think of um, that was really fun, whether it was with the gang or whether it was like a cool action scene? Oh my God, there's so many... I mean, the ear. I mean, can I say it? Like, you the dick. Like, I was thriving. <laughs> I was having the best... Because here's the thing. When I saw that, I was like, this is my chance to add physical comedy. And I want to shout out the crew because most of the time I was just on blue screen. So the true heroes of the show is the crew. And we just try to bring so much joy to the show because we're touching on really dark concepts. So when like, I'm on the dick, I was like, let's have fun, guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> and bring everyone together and be like, we're making a great show. Like that's that day. I remember calling my mom and she didn't know I, that's what I was doing that day. So I had to tell her that was a fun conversation. Um, <laughs> but that was the best probably day on set that was the most impactful for me, for sure. Yeah, because it must be so surreal and like easily awkward or strange or uncomfortable, but you've just got to lean into it. Yeah, the thing is I, with the boys, you know, they don't do anything for shock value. You know, it really is character development and for the story. Um, and you, this is the moment for the first time you see the little mass of Emma come off being like, she doesn't want to do this. This is, she feels so unloved, so ugly, so gross that she'll do anything for a guy to like her. So in that moment, when you know that it's character driven, I was just like, sign me up, you know, this, 
And then that brings joy. Like I'm doing it for Emma. I'm doing it for the story. So that's why I was like so excited as an actor. I was like, here we go. Like, what a crazy show. <laughs> yeah, what is my life? <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I sat there. I was like, this is my job. Okay. Cool. Getting paid cool. For this. <laughs> I, I agree. Like that scene, you can easily think that it's kind of like shock value or as you say, but I think that kind of tells you a ton that you need to know about Emma from the start, just how she reacts in that situation. So it, you know, it's it's great to hear you say that because I, I, I really I really like that scene and what it sort of told us about her. It's been really great to see. I mean, the boys has such a huge fan base, but it's been great to see. Gen V because it's so separate and it's so different but still so tonally kind of of a piece but it's really developed as a show in its own right it's getting a huge fan base in itself I mean how does that feel to be part of this like kind of big franchise existing thing but then in your own kind of little corner of the universe must be fun to see that growing you know it's kind of weird I'm still in the process of like feeling it you know like I'm really humbled by it. Like, I really am just so excited people really connect to these characters into this world. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just grateful and lucky to, like, be a part of it. You know, it's it can feel overwhelming, but at the end of the day, I'm just like, what is life? You know, you kind of just sit there and you're like, okay, here we go. We're on <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what else to say other than, like, I'm just really grateful. Mm-hmm. absolutely it. and it's such a great cliffhanger ending and we know that season two is coming what's with that cliffhanger i'm on the show and i'm like what is that <laughs> listen i said that a lot of times when they blacked out at the end of ep four i think i was like what's going on i rerun my television i didn't understand what had happened <laughs> and the same for the end no same i was like watching it i was like this is not fair like this is not fair showrunners like tara michelle hide not okay I'm not okay. We need we need resolution. Like, where are we? I know. Well, I was. Good. What do you think? What what happens next? Where do you think Emma goes next? Even like you won't know what's what's coming season two. But like emotionally, what do you think's coming for her? You know what? Emma's probably. I mean, think about it. She just got broken up with. She had this whole adventure. She probably just needs to chill out, smoke a joint, and just like really <laughs> reflect on her like days that got you you know I uh, as an artist I'm like I don't I, I don't know what's gonna happen you know I didn't really when I walked into this project I didn't know who Emma was like I didn't know she was a superhero I didn't know her powers and I was like really pleasantly surprised so for season two I'm just really I want I I want her to find her confidence but I feel like she's gonna fall again before she finds it the writers are brilliant on this show so I'm just like here you go yeah you trust them you see what happens well we can't wait to see what happens lizzie broadway thank you so much for your time thank you that was so fun that was lizzie broadway let's move on now to news boydie i haven't looked at news i'm utterly unprepared you sir you have the look of a man who is prepared i mean well do you know i was going to quickly talk about christmas tv because all the christmas tv kind of like highlights were confirmed this week i mean we're all those of us working on weekly magazines that have TV in them are in the nightmare of, of of dealing with all the Christmas stuff. But I thought I'd just mention some of the things that have been... Like we know that, obviously, Christmas Day, the Doctor Who special, well, the first full episode mm-hmm. with Shooty Gatwa um, as the new Doctor um, will arrive on Christmas Day. And, of course, that's that's new because in previous years, in the Chris Chibnall era, they're on um, New Year's 
day. Yeah. So, that, but I think Christmas Day is the day. Special. Yeah, is the day it should be. So I'm very happy about that. Delighted about that. Um, other th- special things. Um, there's an Agatha Christie uh, two-parter, Murder Is Easy. Mm-hmm. Um, which looks really good. And that stars David Johnson from Industry, Penelope Wilton, the legendary Penelope Wilton Lesh. from Ever Decreasing Circles and Afterlife, etc. I'm very excited about that. And that's not a, it's adapted from. Uh, it's not a Poirot or a, a, a Marple. Or a Marple, exactly. Yeah. And not a story that I'm that familiar with either. I think Me so. Neither. So that's kind of, kind of adds the, to the interest, I think. Um, Vigil will be back um, kind of quite soon. <laughs> um, there's a, a one off called Men Up, which is a, which has got Ewan Rion, Mark Lewis. Lewis Jones, uh, Stefan Rodri. That's a drama about the tro- that Viagra, how Viagra was tried. That's right. Yeah. The Tourist Series it, 2. That's a show with big dick energy. Very, <laughs> very good. good the Tourist Series 2. I hosted that, but I'm not even going on about that because that was heavily embargoed this week. But Tourist Series 2 will be, I mean, everyone's assuming it'll be New Year's Day. I don't think it's been heavily crammed, but everyone's assuming it will be New Year's Day. Was Dawn lovely? Uh, Dornan's one of the nicest guys. Oh, in, yeah, I've, he's such a dude. Mm. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, Mr. Bates versus the Post Office, I think, is also going to be around then as well. Um, so that's a real, cl- some, two of the best dramas, I think, will be able to. There's a ghost story for Christmas, lot number 249, um, from uh, Mark Gatiss. He's been doing that. That's become a tradition, really, that he does a ghost story. And this one stars um, Kit Harrington and Freddie Fox and looks very interesting. Uh, oh, BBC Four is showing that Peaky Blinders dance thing. You know, that Rambert dance thing they did. Hang on, what? Yeah. yeah. Do you know about that? What are we talking about? They did this thing called Peaky Blinders, The Redemption of Thomas Shelby, which was a, which was like a... a musical. No, it was like a dance, Rambert's dance thing. It was like, yeah, it was a dance interpretation of Peaky Blinders. I, I know nothing yeah, about oh, yeah. this. Like, nothing. Well, you can see it on BBC Four. Um, yeah, Benjamin Zephaniah was involved. It was quite a, quite a thing, yeah. Well, Ghost Christmas Special, which I think is the last ever episode. Yes. Oh, yes. Sad. sad. Here we go, Christmas Special, which is that show I really like from Tom Basden, who's also in Afterlife, etc., um, etc. Et oh, The Kemp's All Gold, which I'm looking forward to. My ethics screening next week, the second in the comedy spoof documentary starring um, The Kemp's from Spanner Ballet, as I'm sure you know, James. I do. Um, uh, I mean, that's enough, isn't it? That's, I've oh, got some. taste. Oh, God, okay. Yeah. Over to me. Uh, Netflix have released the debut pictures and launch date of One Day, the adaptation of David Nichols. Oh, I thought you know what? Christmas things you want to do. Oh, no. no. Yeah, new, I, no I'm, move on to yours. No, I'm excited about One yeah, Day. Same, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Amber Kamod, uh, so who was in This Is Gonna Hurt, in the role of Emma and Leo Woodall, who you'll remember from White Lotus as mm. Dexter. It's exciting. The books yeah, look great. It is exciting, actually. I've never read the book, and crucially, I never saw the film either, but it's got big normal people energy, so I really want to see it. I just realised, f- I said they've announced the launch date, and I don't have it written down. <laughs> Does anyone know what it is? Um, Boyd, can you Google what I'll I find am? it. I, I'm really excited as well because the film was very disappointing, I thought. Yeah, I did. I really did. And I, I love I love the book so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's supposed to be David amazing. Nichols, absolute genius. Um, he's got his new book out soon, I think, as well. One yes, day, we'll be out on the 8th of February. Mm. 14 episodes, all 14 episodes. There you wow. go. Half hour episodes. Oh, yeah, right. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Like, a bit like normal people, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, CBS Studios have announced a new eight-part historical drama series called King and Conqueror, starring my favourite, James Norton, as Harold, Earl of Wessex, and Nicol... Right, I'm not going to be able to say this name, James. You're going to have to help me out. The guy from Game of Thrones. Nikolai Costa Waldale. Yes, as yeah. William, Duke of Normandy, and it's been written by Michael Robert Johnson. Um, so that's something to look forward to. The Gold. Now, do you remember that? We reviewed yes. it, which was the uh, critically acclaimed factual drama inspired by the true story of the 1983 Brinks-Matt robbery. They've announced that actually there's going to get a second season. The Silver. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm intrigued He's by that. He's on a roll, James. I'm going to say this is his best episode. He has. I've um, had a lot of sugar today. And finally, Gangs of London have announced that Games of Thrones star Richard Dormer um, will be joining the cast for season Derek three. Derek Dondarrion, the Lightning Lord. How mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. Apparently his character will be called Cornelius Quinn, an individual who stirs old rivalries with returning characters Marion Wallace. But, but much, much as I love the Lightning Lord, mm. more exciting for me joining the cast of season three of oh. uh, Gangs London is Andrew Koji, star of Warrior. <laughs> it always comes back to Warrior. Yes. Of course it comes back to Warrior. So that's yeah. also very exciting. That man can start some shit. Yeah. Uh, that's good stuff. But there's been other casting stuff. So, Timothy Oliphant, the man with the greatest hair in all of Hollywood, has joined Noah Hawley's Alien show, but he's not the only one because the great Babu Sise is also going to be on it. Uh... Arana James, Lily Newmark's going to be in it as well. Adrian Edmondson is going to be in it too. Uh, so I'm pretty psyched about all that. Yeah, very good. I thought you didn't have any news. You just suddenly found some. Well, you know, okay. yeah. I, it's I, almost I, like he wasn't listening to <laughs> yeah, our news. He exactly. was googly, furiously. But you see, you already googly. said you didn't have any, so I'll just... I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're mentally. talking about. <laughs> the most interesting thing, though, I think, is Well, this... I know what you're going to say, boy. Do you? Yes, you're oh. 100% going to say that it's that the Sandman season two has no. resumed production, which oh, no, is absolutely I'm true. for that. I'm, that's the, I, did a, I did a 180 on that, remember? Oh, did you? Yeah, did yeah you? I, I was one over. Is this after Sanjeev Bhaskar turned up at your house one night and slapped you on the head? Partly, yeah. Sanjeev is zero. No, I did go to like it a lot more than I did initially I just got used to it and think, I just didn't understand the first episodes. anyway no I think the most interesting bear in mind what we said about Squid Game the spin-off yeah. and um, the other one the James Bond one you know have you seen one that Sex and the City is getting a, a yes yes see what are you saying this is, the, this is the news of the day yes tell me everything Sex and the City unscripted dating show in development from creator Candace uh, Bushnell yes I don't know no. I know mm. it's going to be it's called Is There Still Sex in the City? And it's gonna, no. <laughs> right. I've answered yeah. it. It's done. And it's going to be like singletons in their 50s navigating the dating experience, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, obviously a I terrible mean, I'm idea. Kind of, I'm down with that kind of show, you know, that's more like, you know, diverse with age and stuff like that. But just yeah. no, 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 Intrinsically no, no. terrible idea. <laughs> intrinsically terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have to agree. TV's Boyd Hilton has spoken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there we go. That is, this is clearly the thing that's happening now. Any, yeah. any kind yeah, of franchise. Of I'm very much looking property. forward to the foundation reality show <laughs> where they send me to space. Yeah. Dating in space. Absolutely. Foundation. I am down for yeah. it. Apple, if you want to make that show, give me a call. Yeah, the, the, ex- pilot, the pilot pod reality show where people talk each other to death. We've got a script. We've yeah. already got a script. Yeah, Could be. Chat GPT in made one. Seal studio, whoever uh, What would be the Expanse wins? reality spin-off? That's a good question. It's a good question. Yeah. A good question. Yeah. Uh, perhaps everyone just has to speak in the Creole patois of the yeah. Delta Loader. Uh, well, okay. Uh, unrelated to that, The Bear Season 3 <laughs> is going into production at the end of February. Oh, I can't wait. You're really extending this news now because then we've got like. I know, I'm drawing minutes. out. I like to live on the edge. Yeah, it's extreme it's podcasting. Games, <laughs> we can make Hewitt wait. Yeah, that's <sighs> true. We should do. Uh, right, okay. That was it for news. I mean, it probably isn't it for news, but it's certainly it for our news. Uh, let's move on to the review section. And the first up this week, we have. The Mayfair Witches. This is the second instalment of Anne Rice's Immortal Universe, following on, of course, from Interview with the Vampire, and a show that follows the lives of a family of New Orleans witches, or rather, one in particular, Rowan Mayfair, played by Alexandra Daddario, uh, owner of the bluest eyes in the universe, I'm pretty certain. Uh, she'd have made a good vampire. Uh, but she Shaves doesn't... Crush. That's true. <laughs> uh, she doesn't even know that she is one of the witches, having been adopted as a child. However, she's kind of in the... She's drawn back into the orbit of the family and, crucially, that of Lasher, the mysterious spirit who kind of attaches himself to all the Mayfair women. Now, this is based on The Witching Hour, the first of uh, Rice's Mayfair books, which I have read, uh, 
Boydie, clearly, when you open a publication called Mayfair, this probably isn't what you're looking for. But <laughs> did you find... What was, what was seven to reference? <laughs> <laughs> they even exist anymore. <laughs> Is it seventies? It feels more eighties, nineties, seventies. Carry on. It was lost on me. I don't yeah. think the eighties. I mean, okay, for those of you listening who don't understand, Mayfair was a famous, shall we say, gentleman's top shelf magazine, yes. oh. a nudie uh, mag, a nudie mag, which had its had its day in the as Boyd said, probably the seventies, but yeah. it was definitely around in the nineties when I was <clears throat> a teenager. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> really getting insight. Yeah. I did not have a subscription, yeah, and Boydie sure, only read sure. it for the articles. We go back to James's <laughs> family home. We find it back. Oh, oh, did he? Oh, yeah. oh my god! Oh, yeah. I, of all the things yeah. I thought I would learn on this podcast this yeah. week, Boyd's dad's porn habits yeah. was right. not it. That is, that is it, twice in one episode that I wanted to rip my. He's, ears he's off. no longer with us, by the way. So it's not. It's fine. Like is that why Mayfair closed? Probably. Unbelievable. <laughs> are you banging on about this thing? Is you thought this had a different title, and I said, you know, it's just called Mayfair Witches. I thought, I thought yeah. it was the Lives of the Mayfair yeah. Witches because that is what the book series right, is referred it's to. Not, no, is it's it? not. It's no. not. <laughs> I, I have read all of the Mayfair Witches books and Stanley. I'm a big Anne Rice stan. Anyway, 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 Boydie, were you, in fact, <laughs> did you find these wicked women wicked? No. This was the show I was talking about early on, listeners, mm. when I said that I think sometimes, I've realised recently that a lot of American shows have fairly rote dialogue, which doesn't feel like it's had enough care and attention paid to it. And this is, for me, a prime example. Um, I thought, because uh, Interview with the Vampire, which this is in the same universe it is. as, was pretty cleverly written and very imaginative and um, daring and bold, which is you know, yeah. my favourite words. The first episode of this, I found a complete slog, I have to say. Um, I, I quite like the central... Alexandra, Alexandra Daddario is really good, and she, she was in The White Lotus season two, by the yes. way. Yes, and for ages I was yes. watching, I was like, why do I recognise yes. her? Yeah, and she's very good, and there's kind of like a... A um, you know, there's there's a compelling storyline, which is basically she's being treated like shit by this nasty twat of a bellend in the hospital. Where <laughs> a she nasty works. twat of a bellend. <laughs> nasty twat of a bellend. That's accurate. Yeah. That is accurate. In the hospital where she works, and she, because he's being so horrible to her, she realises she has special magical powers because she because she imagines bad things. She, she gives him an aneurysm, and they do. Oh, mm. Okay, I was dancing around it slightly, um, and that storyline I found found pretty compelling. But the rest of it, I was like, oh, there's like flashbacks. It's the there's, flashbacks. I got yeah. But I didn't think it was always clear, like, what was going Not on. Not clear. There's loads of characters introduced all at the same time. There's a shape-shifting dude. I don't really know what he's doing Is there. Is he Lasher? Uh, yeah. And then there's like, there's uh, it's just confusing... Jack Houston played the shape-shifting person and he's, you know, he's quite good but I just didn't, I'd, it was just all, it was all over the place, I felt, this, this first well, episode. Just, just to give you some yes. clarity, so The Witching Hour yeah. is a massive, great, hefty tome of a book right. that you could genuinely use to fend off muggers. Like, okay. it's got real weight to it. Right. And the, it's it's made on, it's printed on really thin paper in tiny little font. Oh, so it's no. even longer than you think oh, it is. God. But what's, what's the most thing about this book is, and I remember this distinctly from reading it, that I got to the halfway point in this book and I... It had been, you know, a slog in parts. And there's a massive section in the middle, which is all flashback. And it is printed in even smaller type. <laughs> no. So even though it's like this chunk in the middle of the book, it's twice as long as it seems to be because it's it's almost in like like Bible print. So you almost need a magnifying glass to read it. And that of all the slogs was the sloggiest slog of the mm. entire book was getting through this huge flashback section in the middle. And they've perhaps wisely 
interspersed the flashbacks with the main wow. narrative instead of just you making it like four episodes in the middle. I, I think they've done a pretty good a job of recreating the slog aspect. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that much because I found this a slog. This is the definition the of a slog. slog so yeah. Mentioned so many um, times. I just thought it was slow. Like, there's a lot of things happening and a lot of characters being introduced and at the same time it manages to be quite boring. And slow and kind of yeah. I'm sorry. I want. To, I'm, I like Anne Rice as well. You know, I'm not. I haven't read all of her books. I have read about two. Can you name the no. Mayfair Witches trilogy? In no, order? absolutely not. No. The Witching Hour. Okay. Lasher. Yeah. Taltos. Okay, more, more. I don't care. Lasher um, is a Taltos. That's yeah. a spoiler for you. Um, yeah. Is this brilliant. is. This was. This is not. This has not won me over. I was disappointed. No. You won't be joining the Talamasca anytime no, soon. And I get back to the fact that the dialogue is not interesting. It's not even hind. It's just like people's expo- exposition. It's just bland. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. And, heavy. and whereas um, Interview with Amber was very vivid and grandiose and kind of almost over the top and camp, this is very banal and kind of safe. Even the horror bits are like not even they're not only they're not scary. There's no horror. There's really, no horror. There? It's no. just like what is this? What is this? Boyd, that's, what that's... do you really think? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Don't hold back, Boyd. No. Uh, do you know what that is? I mean, in many ways, it's quite an accurate adaptation. Oh, is it? Book, okay. Which is not horrific and honestly is a bit boring. <laughs> uh, it, then I, look, I got time I for to it say. to the extent that it does intertwine with the vampire books, but the vampire books are much better. Although, even that, I will say, as someone who's read almost all, there was a point where I gave up because at one point, life's too short. But. Anne Rice is, is is great when she's great, mm. but some of her books are boring. They're almost supernaturally boring. They are boring <laughs> on a level it's almost hard to 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 express in mortal words. Wow. Like some of the, I'm like, what the fuck? Like literally, some of the books, like the later vampire books, it'd be about a very specific vampire, and you're just like, I know these guys are immortal, but this is never ending. Like it really is punishing and while The Witching Hour isn't quite that bad you know I I maybe if I were adapting said book I might have taken enough liberties to make it feel less like Mm. Reading said book, yeah. if that makes sense. She's, not, she's no longer with us, is she? She is not. No, so she's not going to yeah, take. No, she's not going to come for me yeah, over no. this. No. Okay. Um, I would say Alexandra Daddario is the best thing about this. Oh, well, without doubt. agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, because yeah, yeah, yeah. she brings a certain, she brings a real charisma to yes. that character, and I like the relationship she has with her stepmother and the fact that she's trying to kind of feel out her own identity. I was much less interested in Jack Houston and the whole Lasher yes. stuff and the Mayfair and no. the New Orleans yes. stuff. That yes. was a bit of a zone out situation. Yeah. yeah. Even though I know everything that happens, I was like, yeah. I don't care. Mm-hmm. So, in conclusion, not as good as Interview with the Vampire. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you're going to watch one Immortal Universe show this year, this isn't it. But, all of that said, I quite enjoyed the first episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I wasn't all that bored. But then again, I yeah, like, you knew because I know everything yeah. that's happening and I kind of, I'm like, you yeah. know, so I, you know, I, I, you know, I get it. But mm. anyway. And that airs on BBC One, Boydie When. Well, it starts on Wednesday on BBC Two at nine o'clock. I BBC believe, Two, sorry. BBC Two, yeah. But I believe the whole thing is available on iPlayer from that date as well. See, Boydie, I said BBC One at the top of the show and you did not correct me. So there is now an he, error sorry. in the intro. He wanted you to look like an arse. Well, he succeeded. Thank you, Boydie. <laughs> it's not on BBC One at all. I lied. All, also, the best thing about this show, yeah. there is a Dune reference really early on yeah. and I was like, Come on! Yeah, there's a bit where, remember she turns to one of the other surgeons and says, and says, the slow blade penetrates the shield. And she's like, oh, some guy on a date told me that once. And I was like, that's amazing! That's a Dune reference! Oh, God. Reference to you. That's the kind of thing you would yeah, do. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. The slow blade penetrates okay. the shield. 
Anyway, that's it for the Mayfair Witches, not a porn mag. Uh, next up, we have Smothered on Sky, which explores the pitfalls of attempting a casual, no-strings-attached affair, uh, which turns out to be far more fraught than you'd imagine. Uh, you have, of course, already heard her smugly talk about this one briefly last week, but who better to pick this up than Kay, I have privileged access to the Sky Screening Portal, <laughs> Ribeiro. Hi, I love this. I'm just going to go straight... Straight to it. I love this uh, romantic comedy. Six parts. It is co-created by Shit's Creek writer Monica Hesse. Don't know if I've said her name right. Um, and actually, she wrote. I was. I read the press pack, and I think she had a group of writers. She was uh, did a writers' room, and one of those writers was someone who used to write at Heat Magazine. Boyd what? called Joel Golby, oh, yeah. who is oh, a wow. vice writer, Guardian writer. He's really funny, and I think the fact that a collective has written this, like, and contributed it. Because it's all about modern dating, and I think it's really benefited from loads of people's experiences. Because I think it's such an accurate portrayal of what it's like. Um, it stars Danielle Vitalis um, and John Pointing as Sammy and Tom, who are both single. They've had very different experiences of it. Uh, Sammy is super confident. She's a fun-loving career girl, um, and she's had she's now got dating app fatigue because she's just been there, done that, and she. Struggles not to speed dial her ex, Max, who's played by Jordan Stevens, um, who's no good for her, but he cooks brilliant pasta and he's just an easy option. And Tom is, he's real, really kind-hearted, but he's been going through a bit of a dry spell on the dating front. Danny from Big Boys. Danny yeah. from Big Boys, crucially. Um, and they meet one night at a karaoke bar. They hit it off. Um, but the thing is, Sammy's really sick of re repeating her old patterns. So she, in her infinite wisdom, she comes up with this genius idea of having a time-capped affair. So for three weeks, they will have fun, they will do whatever they want, but they won't do the stuff that you do on a first date. So they won't find out details about each other, they won't ask each other these boring questions or really find out anything that would identify them in a way. Like So they'll just have fun. And they do. It's amazing. But predictably... Three weeks on, she calls time on it because she's very, like, sure of that. No, nope, no, it's just three weeks and they go their separate ways. But it's not that easy because they really, really like each huh. other. Um, and then it's all about, like, you know, can they get beyond the self-imposed rules, the baggage they each carry um, and get their happy ever after? I love this because... The script is smart. It's sexy. It's funny. The characters are so well-developed and relatable. I have to give a shout-out to Ashley B, who's in here as um, Sammy's flamboyant creative client, works for a restaurant. Um, also, Blair Underwood as yes, her yes, dad, dad. Which yeah. absolutely random American threw me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely threw me. But also, I don't know if you noticed in that scene, there was a scene where they're walking through a park. It looks mm. like Regent's mm -hmm. Park. Mm. It probably isn't. But they're walking through a park. And there's a scene that really, really threw me because there's a bit where you, the camera's behind them, they're walking. And ahead, you see one of the kind of charity mugger mm. type people. And he's clearly clocked them. And as they're walking towards him, you see him behind them up and he walks forward and he walks in the front and he goes right up to them. And then the camera swings around to the front and he vanishes. Yes, right. And James, I was like, where did this guy go? Can I tell you something? I never noticed these small details. <laughs> and I've watched this first episode three times, right, for work and whatever. And I watched it again this morning. And this is the first time, because he really is really front and centre. Yeah. And then, it, and then he just disappears. And he vanishes. And I, was like, and I, I was like, wait a minute. 
Has, has that just happened or have I just like missed it? They clearly cut a scene. Yeah, there. exactly. There was clearly a scene where he comes and asks yeah. them about animals because yeah. there's another charity person they speak to further down. Yeah. And they probably thought, well, we have if we have the second one, we don't need the first one. Yeah. But they weren't able to completely get him out the yeah. frame. It was like a side joke about charity. Yeah, exactly. Charity. And they clearly thought, oh, that's yeah. a bit too much. But I'm like, if you can't cut yeah. around it, it was just weird, leave it in. Yeah. Right? It was a weird edit, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that aside, the chemistry between Sammy and Tom, this is every everyone has been so well cast in this. And the chemistry between them is just insane and I'm just like I think what I love I mean there's so many things as you've just heard but it's not predictable it's not full of cliches it's just fantastic and it's really funny and instantly I just watched the first six episodes no the first four episodes I've got two left wow I love it yeah it passes the um uh, Bell end test no no it <laughs> passes the five minute test my five minute test mm, which what's is this Really, you know if a show's good or not after five minutes, like the best mm-hmm. kind of shows, because you because the, the dialogue is really good and oh. they've really worked on it, yeah. and the performances are excellent and kind of authentic and believable as well as funny. It's funny from the start. The jokes as as, as such were I don't fit into the James nope. James famous hatred of silly. It's not yep. silly comedies. No, they're smart jokes. Smart yeah. jokes. They're relatable. He's that horrible Americanism, but they are very relatable. I thought John Pointing, who is, you know, kind of this is his most kind of normal person yeah. he's playing, but still manages to be funny. Can uh, I just say I him. developed such a crush on this character? Oh yeah, I bet, yeah. But they're both brilliant. She's fantastic as well. She's very what, revelate- what else has she been in? Because uh, she's like a checked. complete, she's a real revelation, actually. I think. Just, and just and, go through the pages. Uh, oh, she was in "I May Destroy You." Yes, yeah, she was in "I May Destroy You." Yes, uh, it's just it's just manages to be just heightened enough for it to like the, the karaoke scene, which is hilarious, like the set piece in the first mm-hmm. episode. It, I've it, it, I just thought it rang totally true, and also it could just about happen. Yeah, of course yeah. it could. It could happen. It could happen. Yeah. So I think, and there's a meet cute, which is kind of even the meet cute is kind of f- plausible and feasible. It's full of lovely little touches, like the scene in the park with the little. The, it's really funny that the, the charity mugger that's there that does approach him is really fun. There's a really funny moment. Ashley B is great in it. Yeah. Uh, it it's just really, really, it's really. Good. The other thing, and, like on. the dialogue, so fresh and funny. But also, what I really like is that there's several things that happen and coming up as well in the next few episodes that I genuinely didn't see coming. Okay, so, yeah. like that doesn't often happen when yeah. you're watching these kind of shows because yeah. they're usually predictable. Yeah, and it just but the five minute thing is it's like because there was a remember there was, there was a Sheridan Smith comedy. Do you remember on Sky earlier this year mm-hmm. that completely didn't. You, you were like, oh, I'm not sure what is it. Did was you mention it? that when she kissed you? I did not last night. <laughs> no, I didn't. Absolutely not. 100. percent hope she doesn't listen to the podcast. Um, uh, but you know, she definitely so doesn't after you bail on her. It's not a terrible show or anything. It's fine. It was fine. But you, but you but you're not at ease with oh this is this is instantly kind of yeah. And you know, I think Sky's had a really good year for rom coms. What was the other one? The Lovers. The Lovers was great yep. as well. I think this is even better. I do think it's better. Oh, this is this yeah. is my this is my show of the yeah. year. Like, oh, if, wow! Hang on, the year of Colin from accounts. No, no. No, no, no. I mean, as in like, like rom com. Okay. Yeah. 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 Again, the year of Colin from accounts. Is rom? Yeah, I suppose it's rom com. It is. It? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's been a good year for. This is the from, year for of my sky rom com. When you think about, the, there was also a third series of Starstruck, which was really good. Yeah, it's, so it's been, been a good, good year, year for rom coms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because you might think oh, it was the played out, but no. Really good year for rom coms. James, did you like it? I did like it. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Uh, as someone who may or may not spend a decent amount of time on dating apps. I did find it quite relatable. Uh, you know, the fatigue 
Uh, oh my gosh, when she goes through the whole thing of like, the t- it's all the talking. It's I know, the talking. I know. It's the, it's the first date getting to know you awkward small talk thing is genuinely the stuff of legend. Uh, it's, it's excruciating yeah. in, in a method that is almost, I mean, anyone who's done it obviously knows, but mm-hmm. it's it's genuinely hideous. And exactly what she said, she's like, she's like, and then at the end of the night, you never see them again. Why do I have this information in my head? Like, why do I now know all this stuff about this person? I don't care. I'm never seeing them again. And yet I know the whole fucking life history. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of that in my head. <laughs> it's so funny. I know an awful lot about a bunch of people I only ever saw once. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great. It's very good. It's very, very, very I good. I really like it. I urge everyone, please watch. You know how we were really bigging up Colin from Accounts? I feel as passionately about this. I mean, it doesn't have a dog, and that's probably the worst thing about it. You don't know. You haven't seen any of the rest That's of the true, I don't. They yeah. may in fact adopt a dog that had been in an accident, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Smothered, which is great, which is on Sky Comedy, for it is indeed a comedy. Correct. A Thursday, from Thursday, uh, 10 o'clock. But as, as we've got stuff now, that's all available as well on that very date. Hooray. <laughs> Hurrah. Hurrah and huzzah. Finally this week, we have Platform 7 on ITV, which sees a woman come to a sticky end on the eponymous locomotive embarkation point, only to end up trapped there for all eternity. Voidy, as someone who undoubtedly feels very similarly about having to continually come back to this podcast, uh, (laughs) will this ghost story become a regular haunt for you? So this is the show, I mentioned this, um, I thought comment that was on Plus or Normal Podcasts, where I didn't get, even though it happens in the first few minutes that she is a ghost. So the central character in this story is a ghost. I didn't give that away in my preview of it though. I wrote. I thought, I, I thought even that... Oh, it's the premise of the yeah, show. I know, but people are so... I was I, trying to be really then, good. Having said that, I read, because I was writing notes for this, and I looked and I looked at one of the official press releases, well, thing, yes. and, it, and it, they worded no. it in a way. Yes. In fact, I've got it here. Let me just read this to you, because this is how it says. The drama, the drama is a haunting thriller following central character Lisa, Jasmine Jobson, who, after witnessing a cataclysm event on Platform 7 of a railway station finds her own fragmented memory jogged to reveal a connection between her own life and that of the event that she still just witnessed. Oh, so it's really cryptic. Yeah. Yes. yes. Oh. I've stuck with that. Oh, so okay. I, I, in my yeah, lengthy rule follow preview, avoid. Well done. have not... But we've already... But, <laughs> and now you've ruined so it. So <laughs> I mean, this is going to be the first time ever that I have not the one who's yeah, thought it is that we've yeah, well this whole thing. But then also, I, I actually talked to ITV a bit about it and, and they said, oh, we're, we're not giving away what happens to her. But they didn't even mean that. They, are, they have given away interest trailers I believe already and generally in their coverage since that press release right. that she's a ghost okay. <laughs> right um, but what they mean is what happens to her what, what her story is right. in the subsequent episodes I'm just going to say I'm okay. just going to say the official ITV synopsis of now. this show yes, literally says yes, after sure. witnessing a cataclysmic event on platform 7 Lisa is forced to confront the mystery of her death right okay, <laughs> but but that's that, the second version what's interesting is that is the second version so, <laughs> yeah. so I think everyone has a kind of like, what are we going to do about this premise it is the premise you have to but it's like you know, it's still, it, it's still, it's really. I, I think the pleasure of watching this and not knowing, which this is my experience of watching it was, I didn't know that that was going to happen, and I know it happens literally in the first few minutes. But I still thought, oh, that's that's bold and yeah. that's interesting and that's daring and that's kind of a really interesting idea. So it's actually the whole thing is fascinating. It's. Um, adapted from a book by Louise Doughty. Uh, it's adapted by Paula Milne. And the, the two of them together, two brilliant kind of writers, I think, who deal with, um, sh- they kind of ha- write thrillers that also have relationships at their core. And what a bold move by um, Louise Doughty it must have been to come up with th- this as the premise for her book um, a few years ago. But I think it what Jasmine Jobson um, from Top Boy, who's brilliant in Top Boy, one of the best people in it, is the central character. Who's, and what happens is she witnesses a guy played by the great Phil Davis. Yeah. 
who takes his own life by yeah. throwing himself in front of a train. And then they both kind of have, have the, the kind of the, the station where they're hanging out, if you like, is it, it kind of like per. What's it called? Purgatory. purgatory. I was going to say perjury. It's definitely a perjury. <laughs> In purgatory. So, um, and she, by by witnessing what happens to him, it kind of, it kind of lights up in her mind things that have happened to her. Yeah, because she did, she can't remember. She can't can remember. She? Yeah, she's kind of stuck in this in, in in this new reality. In quotes, and it's a really interesting kind of idea. And and as it follows through, it kind of gets even more fascinating because then you get to meet the people in her life. So Toby Regbo plays um, her boyfriend Matt. Um, Yamin Chowdhury plays um, the guy investigating it. And there's an, you get to meet her best friend. But definitely something has gone. Something is not quite right about her situation. And the more and it, and it kind of becomes as it weaves on because I've seen two two or three episodes now. As it goes on, it becomes about some other stuff, very important, interesting other stuff. And there are lots of kind of like um, fascinating ideas and themes that it addresses. Again, I'm trying not to spoil it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the initial bold premise, and then it, it carries on being really interesting. And I thought I think it works really well. If you you just have to accept the fact that you're watching a ghost trying to solve her own situation of her death, and once you buy into that, I think it's really good. So Boydie, you will not be ghosting this one. I will not be ghosting this one. Well done, James. Thank and you. this is another example <laughs> of a British ITV... This is ITVX. It will be on ITV eventually. ITV it's another one. example of a British show better written than better the Mayfair written. Witches. Yeah, the Mayfair Witches. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Yeah. Well done, Louise Doughty and Paula Milne together. Yeah. See, see, ITV, this, my money is well spent. As a, as a, as a yeah. backer, as someone who funded this show, you know, mm. I feel like I've, I've invested wisely. Exactly. Yeah. I thought this was um, an interesting one. Like, I think it's really interesting. Right, first of all, Do you think it was cuckoo bong? A bit, uh, a little bit. Banana wack, crackers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When I first, yeah, when I first was watching, I was like, mm. and also, I because I was watching on the screener platform, I wondered if you know we talk so often about trigger warnings. I was wondering if they had a visible trigger warning because that obviously needs to happen. Yeah, I think they will when it airs. I'm okay, sure they fine. will. Yeah, I imagine. Um, but I thought it was really interesting in terms of seeing how suicide is dealt with and the impact it has on everyone, which sounds like a really stupid thing to say because, of course, you know, it does impact people. But more to the point, the people, like when it's done on a, a station, like the train drive, the security guards, the clean-up people, the transport police, I thought that was really well done and really ha- well handled. Um, and the different bureaucracy that's involved with commemorating a death, I thought was really interesting as well. Overall, I think it was really um, interesting and well done. I did think there was a couple of points where I was like, I don't know how comfortable I feel with this. Like, it was just a small line, a line that was said. I think it was something, I think it was the old man who'd um, taken his own life. And um, then he realised that they were going to be trapped there. And then he said something like, or she said, oh, it's the price we pay for what we did. And I don't know, I just felt like it was slightly insensitive and wrong wording maybe. And like, I don't know, it felt, I felt a bit uncomfortable with it. But um, I wanted to find out, James, how you felt about the CGI and the force field and stuff like that that's keeping them in the station. See, I came so close to getting away with it. And then at the last second, you've outed me and I'm now fucked. Because my confession I have to make to you is this morning I was on the way in and we were in the... We, so I'm when I'm on the train and we had one morning meeting and I was on the train and I was joined the meeting virtually at the Empire office meeting. And uh, we were chatting away and then I said... Platform to, and seven. I, and I, wasn't, I wasn't on platform seven. I wasn't on a train. I wasn't in purgatory trapped on the train. It was just, you know, slow. Kind of um, purgatory. But I was on there and suddenly I said to them, I said, guys, guys, I'm going to have to leave the meeting. I've just realised 
and I don't know how, but I completely forgot to watch one of the shows for this week's pilot. But genuinely, this thing, so I'd watched everything really early this week, so I was really on top of shit this week. I watched some of it on the weekend, I was done by the end of Monday, and I was like, come on, I'm really organised. For some reason, and I think it was because we changed, do you remember, because originally we were going to do Vigil, but then Vigil is embargoed, so we're now doing it on Pilot Plus. And we switched this in. But in my head, I was like, oh, I've watched all the shows. Ah, Classic. But of course I hadn't, because we switched them, and I didn't realise till first thing this morning, I was like, oh my God, I've got to watch it now. And I tried to watch it at that point but the train Wi-Fi would not the, the, <laughs> the was not up to it and I'm on this train trying to watch this show about you know trains what? and it wouldn't play when I was talking I was looking at you there I was thinking he doesn't look like he knows like, yeah, you know, yeah exactly, I, exactly. I, I think you would find the price we pay for what we did I, I thought that you would like find that unsettling oh, but you know, I was like nodding going mm, yeah yes, okay yeah. Well, I totally agree mm. uh, but the thing is so I have seen okay. the first four or five minutes so I saw oh. I saw how it started and I saw the guy yeah. go under the train. So I'm like, okay, I can't. And I read the synopsis on the, on the side. I thought, <laughs> I can style this out. It'd be fine. I won't actually review it. I'll just let them talk and then Jeez. I'll move it on. I'm you know, no harm, no like foul. Take us for. We're not idiots. It's <laughs> quite obvious that you hadn't watched it. I mean, look, I'm not saying I'm a mastermind or anything. Oh, you know, dear. it was, uh, that's, that's, it's I mean, not the perfect again, crime. Again, it makes me feel better because I'm, I'm the one supposed to be forgetful, you know, because I yeah. am mm-hmm. ancient and, you know. On the plus side, I'm well on top of the next Pilot Plus. Good okay, for well, you. Good for you, James. Yeah, good for you, James. You know, I remember just really. It's a bit similar to the other thing because it has a little bit been done before very similar to that show River that I've mentioned before on this podcast um, in which um, Nicola Walker was basically a ghost kind of oh. like and yeah and, and um, Stern Skarsgård talked to her but you were it was more he had visions of her like that he, I've seen yeah do you remember yeah. it's, so it's a bit similar not not exactly the same but almost but very like ghost centric <laughs> if you like or, yeah <laughs> what did you think of the CGI force field it is a little bit cheesy I know what you're I know what you're suggest getting at but they do have but I quite liked it I quite like the way it embraces it's come up with a concept for what happens to you when you die and there are, it is, there are ghosts and there are rules and there are things they can and can't do. Yeah, like, yeah, sure. and, and I thought, I kind of liked it. I went with it. I didn't mind. It, it, even just hearing about it, it makes me think of the train in Ghost. Because remember the ghost he yeah. meets? The, Get yes. off my train! Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. So, so maybe, like the, maybe that's it. Like the afterlife is just fucking trains. It's public transport. Yeah, yeah. Purgatory is public transport. Please not Southwestern. That's what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying. None of those. No, uh, maybe, for, I think I think for Boydie, 100%. Like if Boydie doesn't sort his karma out, he's going he's gonna to wake up one day and it won't be the pearly gates. He'll be in this fucking studio for all eternity uh, yeah. oh with me. God, thank- oh, <gasps> oh my gosh. That would be purgatory. <laughs> but every day, like, on still- the Planet TV podcast this week, boy, and you'll be like, <laughs> arguing about, um, Arguing about breeders. breeders. Yeah. Oh, God. That's <laughs> that hell would for be everyone. Yeah. yeah, that would definitely be. That's the definition of it. It is. It is. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Well, that is, apparently, uh, Platform 7, <laughs> which is on ITV. When, boy, Thursday. ITVX. 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 Sorry, sorry. My beloved Thursday. ITVX, which I paid Your for. Your beloved. Exactly. Uh, yes, indeed. Exciting. Well, that is it for this week's show. Do we have a pick of the week? Oh. Oh, we should take. Well, let's do pick of the week, and then you can tell us what's what's you know. Yeah, pick of the week is obviously obviously smothered. It's smothered. smothered. It's definitely smothered. Yeah. It's not the Mayfair witches. No, you. It may or may not be platform yeah. seven. Yeah. Uh, what else is out this week? Well, Vigil it does start on Vigil, Sunday. Yes. I think they're running it Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. For the Vigil, next few weeks. aka Game of Drones. Yes, Good um, it is heavily embargoed. We cannot, but um, yeah, it gonna... doesn't involve a submarine. We'll we preview of it. We're going to preview it extensively in the next plus. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, we'll be talking about it on yeah. Pilot Plus. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, there isn't that much else. There's oh, there's the famous five. You know the 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 the, the famously laughs. Uh. Nicholas Winding <laughs> Refn, exec produced Famous Five. Amazing. He's on BBC iPlayer from Friday, and I'm you know and he's not directing it, so it's not going to be like Famous Five in a bloodbath. <laughs> but still, the whole idea of it is absolutely fascinating. There's a French thriller, French thriller that looks quite good called Blood Coast on the Netflix on Wednesday. There's another apparently season two of the festival Italian themed comedy I Hate Christmas on Netflix as well on Wednesday that might be about it it says flicking through while you're this. flicking through can I just tell you that now every time I say famously in real life I still I know do a chuckle do. Yeah, it's weird. I, did, yeah. I was with my friend of the week and I said it and I started chuckling she goes what are you laughing at I was like oh no sorry yeah it's crazy yeah, yeah. there you go Amazing. We're getting okay. eyes now from we get, Yeah, we get Helen's giving us evils through the window. Yeah. We best wrap up. That's it then for this week's show. Please do head over to, you know, and thank you to all of you who have been uh, Spotify wrapping us on the various social medias and showing us how much you love the podcast. Uh, if you do, do make sure you've written a review. If you give us yes. nothing else for Christmas, if you have not reviewed the podcast, please do give us a five, Ed. I don't know, a five-ed five rating, a five ed rating yeah. uh, on, on you know, Apple or the podcast platform of your choice. And please follow us on social media, frankly, including Instagram. Even if you're not on Instagram, even if you're a diehard Twitterer, sign up to Threads because they are 100% going to shut Twitter down at some point. So follow us on Threads at James C. Dyer, at Boyd Hilton, at Kay Ribeiro, and at Pilot TV Pod. On next week's show, Reacher is back on Prime. Uh. I am fucking stoked and not just because I've seen them all already. Uh, and what else have we got? The Serial Killer's Wife comes to Paramount Plus and I have nothing else in the calendar because Boyd and Kay don't update it. Charming. <laughs> in The Crown, the final episodes of The Crown. Oh, and Imelda Staunton yeah, and, and Leslie Manville are going to be on this show talking Can about it. Can you bloody well believe it? Amazing. Yeah. Amazing scenes. Yeah. Okay, I think we're done. We are. Pilot out. <laughs> <laughs> 